Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know how I know that there's no news? Well, for one, it's Thanksgiving week, basically. Everybody's taking vacation. I was watching a bit of Crowder's uh, show, and even Steven Crowder's taking vacation like starting tomorrow, and I'm like, really? Like, I hate taking days off, man, you know? But like, if even Crowder's taking off you know, at the early, or, or this early in the week, I'm like, maybe, maybe we just got to call it, because there's no news. There's like limited news. There's some stories. But, but I, I said, you know how I know there's no news? Because apparently it's me. Because I'm trending on Twitter along with Matt Walsh. And I'm like, okay, now I know they're scraping at the bottom of the barrel. Because, like, normally you've got, you know, Biden and the Democrats. And then as there's less and less news, they go lower. And there's, like, sports and athletes. They're so far down the abyss of desperation that they found me. And so I'm trending on Twitter or whatever. But um, I have to warn you, there's a, there's a lot of crazy stuff to talk about pertaining to Colorado. What happened? Why I'm trending? However, this is an extremely serious conversation, which means it's probably uh, going to have to be in the members only show. So uh, not only that, but with Thanksgiving week, there's, there's, there really are limited new topics to talk about. And I'm not just going to tr- you know, force a show. So what we'll do is, you know, we've got some stories. We'll lead with uh, apparently there's an insider saying that the Disney CEO was fired because he was rejecting these woke policies, perhaps after seeing revenue decline or, you know, what's going on in Florida. He said, hey, guys, let's pull the pump, the brakes. Not entirely convinced, but maybe ESG score is a bigger motivator. So we'll talk about that. Ice Cube said he turned down a nine million dollar movie role because they wanted him to get the vaccine and he didn't want to do it, which I think is very, very interesting. And then we have the Balenciaga bag update. They've apologized, taken down the ad, said, hey, we shouldn't have put kids with BDSM teddy bears. And then, uh, oh, man. The craziness surrounding all this other news um, we'll probably have in the members only show for you. So become a member at TimCast.com. Actually, uh, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and we'll talk a lot about this, uh, this news. And, uh, you know, we, we had a tough conversation before the show, but uh, considering how serious the news is, and this is one of the most serious stories, I think, we'll, you know, bits of escalation that we'll talk about, it's going to have to be at TimCast.com. Has to be. I'm sorry. Just... You know, because even people are commenting, saying, like, it's impossible to find the show. YouTube suppressing it. It's not even appearing on the channel page. People saying, oh, they're going to certainly ban them tonight. Yeah, yeah, you know, with with me trending and what they're claiming, we'll save the uh, the these stories for for TimCast.com. And then we'll just hang out. We'll talk politics. So smash that like button. Uh, subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Joining us today to talk about all of this news is John Doyle. Yes. Yeah. Very excited for the show. Thank you guys for having me. Also excited for the uh, members only section. I know we have an incentive to encourage people, but it is true. This is probably one of the more important conversations that uh, could be had in in today and even probably this year. So we're definitely going to get into some good stuff there. Yeah, definitely. We were we were talking about what, what, what story we should lead with. And there is a very, very big story. But then we all kind of were like, yo, they'll totally ban us. Like even even if we, we we mention it in neutral context and do and do news reporting, and they were like, plus we have John here, so like we shouldn't give any excuses. 
And so this is the unfortunate reality of uh, deep escalation in civil conflict. We'll put it that way. So, uh, John, thanks for hanging out. This should be fun either way, because we do have a lot of stories to talk about. We, do, we still have uh, a bit. Uh, we also have Luke hanging out. So, hey, guys. Um, I know the situation looks dire and the forecast looks bleak, but if there's one thing that gives me hope, it is Biden Fetterman 2024. And that's why today I am wearing my Biden Fetterman shirt, which you could get on bidenfetterman.com. It's an actual website. And uh, because Black Friday is going to be this Friday, we said, screw it. Screw all the corporations. We're going to launch our Black Friday sale now. We have a promo code Luke, which gives you 15% off and more. Promo code Luke on bidenfetterman.com. See you there. It's a no-brainer. Absolutely. <laughs> and Thank you. I am in Ian's seat again. My name is Mary. I do Pop Culture Crisis right here at TimCast. Happy to be on tonight. And I am Serge Dupria, a.k.a. Serge.com. Nice to meet you guys again. Oh, look at that. People, someone said they got a, note, a reminder for the upcoming show. Yo, oh, oh wow. Oh, so interesting. So uh, thank you all so much for, for sharing the show. That's the thing. If, if they suppress notifications, if they hide the show, you take the URL. If you share it wherever, it makes it impossible for them to censor. Because th- 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 there's a challenge. If they do things that are overt, they could be in breach of contract. So they have to do things that are more subversive. And uh, then feign ignorance because it's very hard to get discovery to prove they're actually trying to suppress you. But perhaps there's a pattern of behavior that we can show that something is happening. It's not so easy. But uh, let's talk about the news. We got this story from Bounding Into Comics. Ooh, I like this one. Disney Insider speculates Bob Chapik was fired because he crossed Disney's HR department that pushed radical woke politics. Disney insider WDW Pro recently speculated on why he believes the Walt Disney Company axed Chapek just months after renewing his contract through 2025. At the end of June, quote, the Walt Disney Company Board of Directors unanimously voted to extend Chapek's contract as CEO for three years. Chairman of the board, Susan Arnold, explained Disney was dealt a tough hand by the pandemic. Yet with Bob at the helm, our businesses from parks to streaming not only weathered the storm, but emerged in a position of strength. They want to mention that he's the right leader at the right time. However, Sunday, he was giving his walking papers. They issued a press release discussing the move to fire Chapek and bring back Iger. Disney Insider appeared on Midnight's Edge and speculated as to the cause of Chapek's firing. When we see a change like this, this tends to come from the institutional level. This doesn't come from anything that's very small. So what I think probably happened is Bob Chapek, he's got some enemies and those enemies were primarily coming out of Latondra Newton's department over in HR with the DEI stuff, and that's highly connected with ESG. He continued, and I'm going to bet that as he was looking for places to make cuts in the company, he may have crossed a threshold he wasn't supposed to cross. And in doing so, those big three investors, we're talking about the vanguards, the Black Rocks, that they may have said to the board, we're ready to begin reassessing our relationship with you. We're not talking about fans who got mad about Star Wars. We're not talking about individual investors who said, I'm going to pull my $10,000 out of Disney. We're talking about people who have the ability to say, I'm pulling my billions and billions and billions that are generated through 401ks and other things that we have associated with you unless you get rid of this guy now. Speculation. But uh, I don't know. I kind of think it makes sense. But I'm not convinced that Chapik was like anti-woke or anything, but I think ESG is a powerful factor. So... um I saw people misinterpreting this from both sides. Like, first I saw Christopher Rufo saying that JPEG's firing was a rebuke of woke leadership. So we're supposed to buy the narrative that JPEG was anti-woke, but also that he was woke. And then I saw other people complaining uh, about uh, Bob JPEG being anti-LGBT and betraying his LGBT employees. So I, I don't know what narrative to buy here. 
I, I think really it's just that he was a pandemic CEO and now they're getting rid of him for training a replacement. Yeah. I'm, I was going to say, anytime one of these like companies, whether it's Disney or Nike, has some sort of incident, conservatives like to pounce on it and be like, get woke, go broke. But exactly. like, even under this guy's leadership, like year to year revenue was up his first year, I think 6%, then from 21 to 22 is like 20%. So he was doing a good job financially speaking. And so it makes you wonder how woke the company wants things to go. If this is the guy who even when, you know, Buzz Lightyear's got like a gay kiss and these things are happening, even he's like allowing that to happen. What was he preventing from happening where now HR some Something. It feels like he stepped on his toes, and yeah. now they want him out, and they're going to bring back uh, Bob. Now I they just put their new, their newest movie, Strange World, I think it's called. They have the first openly gay protagonist for a kids movie, and I saw people celebrating this. Chapek didn't do anything to stop that. Yeah, I, I, I it's kind of weird because I, I assumed they're all woke. You know what I mean? Yeah, weren't they both? pretty woke and <laughs> weren't they both kind of instituting these policies Get woke, yes stay broke stay. i mean Iger was always yeah. more openly political and openly woke than chapek but uh i think that they might have been planning mm. to fire chapek and, and at the end of the day anyway. I, I think it's, it's it's important to understand the importance of the esg score the institutional money the BlackRock money that is there that is calling for a lot of these policies to be implemented no matter what uh the price it's going to be paid for them so i don't think these are even company made decisions i think these are decisions made even higher up than that as we're seeing the same kind of cultural push all at once pushing these larger kind of ideas out there now there there's reports that disney had a 1.5 billion dollar streaming lost last quarter uh, that their theme parks aren't doing too well with customers being unhappy they, they, they also have ESPN which people call a sinking network so a lot of things are happening here but but again Disney doesn't have the best record especially with their child actors especially with them previously thanking concentration camp guards in East Turkestan so um, this is a company that that again is is major it's a big powerhouse it's interesting to see the switch and I think people are going to attract Attribute it to their own political beliefs rather than actually what's really happening there. You can blame a CEO as you want, but I think it's important to highlight the bigger pressures above the CEO that, that they need to comply with. You notice that, uh, you know, they're talking about policies of DEI. And uh, man, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because you know what? How do you pronounce it? Day? Is that how you pronounce it in Latin? I, I've never said it. Day. In Latin. Day. I've always heard everyone refer to it as D-I-E for... No, no, no. In Latin. It's a Latin word. Yes, it's, but it's day. diversity, equity, inclusion. What do you mean? There's, there's a Latin word. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Day. Well, I think it's pronounced of day, right? God. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, of God. Right. right. And uh, it's very weird that they use the same word for their non-theistic religion. It is a religion. I never hands thought down. that was on purpose. Do you think that's on purpose? I don't know if it's on purpose, but it's a heck of a coincidence. Yeah. I think that we we are still closer to occult symbolism that we might be comfortable with acknowledging. And it's interesting because the same way that like under a Catholic monarchy, no decision would be made at any institutional level without first thinking, well, how is this going to be viewed in the eyes of God? We do the same thing in this country, except well, how are black people or how are gay people going to feel about this? So we are literally, as Tim said, worshiping like this well, hold on. idea. I, I agree and I disagree. I think... Uh, it's not even about race. 
because Candace Owens, they don't they, they don't care what she and Kanye have to say or Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden their race is erased from the conversation. It really is just we have a cult. We have things we claim. And if you agree with it, that's what they're. So they're really talking about the religion. Like it makes it more more about the religion. How does this impact our religion is basically how they view it. I think that's true. But I think if Candace Owens were saying things that they agreed with, uh, then she would be, you know, a face on MSNBC or something like that. I think it's because they view her as basically a race traitor that she's now disinvited from the conversation because she's an Uncle Tom or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but it's it's it. I guess this is my point. Candace Owens can have similar opinions to Ben Shapiro mm-hmm. and Ben Shapiro's Jewish and she's black and it doesn't matter. But then you can have someone uh, who's that MSNBC woman who got fired recently. I can't remember. But uh, it, it's like it's like the race doesn't matter. It's it's if do you agree with them or don't you agree with them? If you're a white person, and you agree with them, you're in. If you're a black person and you disagree with them, you're out. Yeah, I think that the but Candace would be considered like an outlier with what they regard to be like black interest or things like that. I mean, she is a dissenting mm-hmm. voice within America and with also uh, the black community. So I think that, you know, even on Twitter, every time she goes viral, all of the replies are from black people calling her a race trader, calling her Uncle Tom, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even regardless of skin color, I mean, she's still serving, I think, what they ultimately want, which is like enforced equality in this country. And I think uh, and I agree. I think the reason why they take such offense to Candace specifically is because it does damage their narrative. Mm -hmm. Seeing people who are just like, hey, I don't agree with your ideas and my race isn't a component, then they're like, no, that can't be allowed. Mm -hmm. Like, we we can't have people who say those things. So you're internalizing white supremacy. I think there's more room for dissent, though, if you're not white. Because I don't think Kanye would have gotten away with what he's said to the extreme that he has if he were white. I agree that, you know, like... And Dave Chappelle, too, for that monologue he did on SNL. Right. If, if you are a marginalized person, you are allowed to wield the sword more so than if you're a white person. So you can be a somewhat dissenting voice. If you agree with the cult and challenge it in a way like, actually, you're being a bigot, then they'll be, oh, I'm so, they'll defer, right? So obviously, there's like a weird identitarian hierarchy to what these people believe. Any, anyway, the reason I brought this up, not to just, you know, to go back to what I was saying is, they call it God. Whether intentionally or not, D-E-I means God. Of God. That's, that's creepy to me. Yeah. Apparently pronounced Dei, by the Dei. way. Dei. There you go. See, I, I knew I wasn't getting it right because I don't speak Latin or anything like that. Yeah. I but, think it's both right. Yeah, both right. Well, Elon Musk uh, tweeted uh, Vox Populi, Vox Dei, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I know what that means. I mean, simply put, because I played um, uh, Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> you, you played that, right? Uh, I owned a copy of. Oh, okay, so you know the Vox, mm-hmm. Vox Popular, I think, the voice of the people. Mm-hmm. And then so, and I know what Dei means or Dei, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I saw what he said. I, I understood the gist. Voice of the people is the voice of God or the, uh, uh, is the voice, however you want to ex- explain it. And then I was like, ah, that's very funny, touche, Elon Musk. And then I looked it up. And when I tried searching for it, Latin doesn't come up. Wokeness really? comes up. Oh. When you search for Dei, when you search, like, yeah, what 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 comes up is not god or latin what comes up is all of these websites about equity and wokeness and all the other creepy stuff it's a church equity is particularly scary because it's harder to define that than equality i mean if it's equality okay everyone should be equal equity implies this like vague narrative of 
who has had injustice done to them and they define the narrative so that is of course going to be anybody who isn't a straight white male and so because of that they have this like trojan horse that's painted in the blood of like black slaves and in that they're going to contain all of this stuff that's going to disenfranchise white people straight people normal people from being able to access these positions in favor of what they want which is the dei stuff uh which of course is never going to be you're never going to see like a board of like a bunch of um you know latino people and they're going to be like you need more white people it's always diversity <laughs> being defined as less white people, more people of color, which is the way that they define it because then you have all non-white people versus white people, people yeah. of color. And it's right. like, well, I mean, frankly, you know, white people, we have all sorts of different eye colors, different hair colors, things looks, like that. Looks not white. You're not? Did well, you see? It, exactly. He didn't even even know. Exactly. Uh, you don't recognize my people's struggles. I come from the Slavic people that that been through True. a lot of struggles. True. Like my family have been through some crazy stuff. And if we're going to wait, be wait, going through... Sorry, sorry. I, yeah. I can't interrupt. What's your eth eth ethnic background? Like? Well, so I'm Irish and some people even say that Irish aren't white. So maybe yeah. I but can... But are you uh, just Irish? Uh, Irish and French, I think. Irish, okay, so you're white. Yeah. Uh, Luke <laughs> is Polish. So that makes him a person of color, but sorry, Luke. But, but the horrible thing, don't interrupt me. <laughs> All right. Let marginalized voices yeah. speak. No, 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 but, but if we were truly going to go through, okay, you, your people were oppressed. Okay, there's a long history. There's a lot of cultures. There's a lot of people who were oppressed, who dealt with slavery, who dealt with uh, oppression, whether by the Russians or the fascists or whatever it may be. My family went through all of that. But at the same time, it's kind of disingenuous to, to tell the people, the more of a victim you are, the better you are, the better you are in our system and i think that right there is not only promoting victim mentality but also making you know cheapens things and it and it and it disincentivizes people from actually taking grips of control of their life and saying hey i'm in charge of this i'm not a victim i set my own destiny here and and that works in direct parallel against it which is which is absolutely uh, disingenuous and, and horrible i think and has a very negative effect on the psyche of a lot of these people and individuals let me let me tell you what else i find very strange because everybody knows what equity means right Mm -hmm. Equity means the value of shares issued by a company and, and more. The uh, he quote, he owns 62 percent of the group's equity. It means the value of a mortgaged property after deduction or of charges against it. Mm -hmm. It refer references a trade union, uh, uh, an equity card or whatever. And then on Google, it says the quality of being fair and impartial. Interesting. In Latin, it comes from aquis, uh, equitas and equite, and then equity. And I think it's pretty interesting that the colloquial understanding of the word was never fairness. We always use equity, at least in my life, to refer to your value. So when you'd say something like, oh, I have a hundred grand equity in my home or whatever, you're specifically referring to what is the intrinsic value of, of what you have or something like that. There's something creepy about them coming out and using this terminology, the value of shares issued in a company, stakeholder capitalism and things like that, and then referring to how they need equity. It sounds like they're trying to define what value do you bring to this system. Now, mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I don't know, perhaps mm -hmm. to stretch, but when we're, at, when, when we're at a point in history where you have the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum coming out outright saying stuff about overpopulation for years, and then they're asking you about how we can push for equity, it sounds like, to me, they're arguing, can we push for a system where people have a higher value than liability? Yeah, and a lot of this stuff is crazy, especially seeing the NHL say that there's too many white people in their league. Wait, they said that? Uh, yeah, and that they're having, uh, they're having uh, specific uh, outreach programs that are going to make it more equitable, uh, that, that are going to make NHL teams more diverse. 
So uh, we don't see that in the NBA. I mean, if we're going to be doing that with the NHL, are we going to be, be doing that with, with the, the, the NBA just to be f- fair here? And obviously that's not going to happen here. But when you have a society based on artificial things and allegiance to the cult rather than actual merit, you're going to have a society that fails. This is why a lot of people believe communism failed, mainly because it wasn't the best person for the job. It wasn't the hardest working person for the job. It was, oh, you have the perfect allegiance. You have the perfect family lineage. You have the person who we're close with and friends with who's going to be in these positions of power because you're close to us, because you you bow down, because you respect authority. That's not a society that, that is actually progressive. That's a society that is degressive and uh, overall hurts humanity. Getting people to give their perfect allegiance to a government requires taking their religion away from them. That's reeling it back to religion. That's they want to make the state your religion. To. They want to make obedience to the cult your religion, mm-hmm. rather than, of course, an actual religion based or maybe in, just in God and, and worshiping yourself. That also, too, I think, is another important element. Where That's what representation people... is all about. It's just like I need to see myself yeah. all the time, even when I'm not looking in a mirror. I need to see myself in media. Yeah. And it's a problem if you see color, and if it's, it's a problem if you don't see color, which, which, which again, is, is just such a confusing political social landscape that we're supposed to be living in that a lot of people are, are living in fear. A lot of people are uncomfortable. And when it comes to humor, that, that you know, softens a lot of this kind of uh, uncomfortability, that is banned. That is censored. That is being attacked. And we see Dave Chappelle being, you know, called anti-Semitic, which is, I, I think, absolutely absurd and crazy when his comments were hitting at everyone and making people laugh about something that people are taking way too seriously and creating more of a divide in our society, which I think is being done deliberately by central controllers, because the more that we could fight each other, the less we're actually looking at the true oppressors, the true multinational corporations, the true big bankers, the true people in power that are screwing us over and creating this larger economic havoc that we're having to deal with and really screwing everyone over. I, I don't know if it's that. I think it's probably more that that conflict exists naturally. I think people are very tribalistic, and I think that they do have an incentive to kind of stoke the flames of that, but uh, this is sort of like, I think, the record of history. And it is interesting how any identity, like we talked about religion, that you have that would separate you from the state, whether it's a religious identity, a cultural identity, national identity, anything like that has been dissuaded and basically erased. You're not allowed to have that. And so when you're looking for an identity now in this country, you have like the state-approved identities. You know. You can be like a for example and think about like since the beginning of time humans have made flags to define themselves and now we have the pride flag and then we have all the other flags like that that is just so telling to where young people are going nowadays to where they want to feel like they can be proud of their identity be proud of something and so they have to wave the pride flag which now as i'm sure we'll get into on the national stage is even more representative of american values and american power than the actual american flag because when you see the american flag now flying at embassies uh, in saudi arabia or whatever you don't think of white picket fences and apple pie you think of gay people you think of things like that because that is what america wants to promote on the world stage oh i disagree i think of uh soldiers like if like if saudi arabia specifically i think of oil u.s yeah. soldiers guarding <laughs> oil fields and poppy fields in afghanistan i think of yemen but, and the humanitarian crisis that's still continuing right there that's but, causing millions of people to die but the reason i bring that up is because america u.s embassies were flying the pride flag yes and so like they're just outright not in saudi arabia obviously but I do just think like it, the corporations, they, right. they they don't they don't you know. Well, this reminds me of the World there. Cup controversy in Qatar, because people are calling out the human rights violations in Qatar that they mistreat their 
women that they mistreat migrant workers and LGBT citizens there. And yet when Westerners call it out, they're told the West is just as bad on all of those issues and they have draconian laws against abortion. So really, we have no right to call them out and we're morally unclean. And, you know, Qatar is is on a level playing field with us. Well, so, so this is the story. We pulled it up. Uh, so people have the one love bracelets and, and symbols. And Qatar was like, no, you, you, you can't wear those things. Mm-hmm. And people are all shocked and surprised they're not allowed to do it. It's the craziest thing to me. They can't even drink at the yeah, stadium. They banned, they banned alcohol, <laughs> yeah. which which was more it. of a controversy, a which is bit. great. They, they shouldn't be drinking alcohol. It's horrible for you. It's horrible for your brain. It shrinks your brain. But should but, they be banned from drinking? In well, the well, this is their their religion. This is their culture, right? And if we want to be you know respectful of them, this is how they do it. Do it. So so this is the fine line that a lot of people are playing in. But that's more of a controversy than the the, the migrant slave workers that were dying building the stadiums. Which that to has me, nothing to do with religion. Like that's just the fact that they. Well, depends. Because, because some religions rights. are okay with 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 slavery more than others, you know. There's also pr- particular scripts in, in you know per- to the Quran. Uh, there's particular scripts that are you know like, push for an advocate for things even, and excuse they certain things. They recited a passage from yeah. the Quran in the opening ceremony, ceremony, along with like Morgan Freeman and then this double amputee YouTuber from Qatar and it, it, the whole ceremony just seems so satanic and globalist and creepy it like sent chills down my spine i i was so disgusted poor morgan by it. freeman how much did they pay him to do it i mean and he was he was lip syncing it so badly uh, trying uh, to speak arabic or something no 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 they like he had this monologue that was playing around the stadium but mm. he wasn't saying it live he was oh. lip syncing to it and it was really That's badly so done and it was just like the whole thing was a mix of cringy and evil See me. <laughs> I just I'm saying like the alcohol thing. I think people should be allowed to drink alcohol. I think uh, I you know. I think there was some special process you had to go yeah, through. Apparently like you, you had to apply to be able to drink at the stadium. Right. Well, you can still drink at bars outside the stadium. You just can't drink on the actual. Right. Right. But my, my my point is just this is like kind of waking people up mm-hmm. to like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on with this country? Uh, yeah, there are women who have been raped and then imprisoned for being raped. Yes. Like, I'm. That's crazy. Uh, well, uh, you but know, because we overturned Roe v. Wade, we're being called out as as having draconian laws against women's rights. It's not even the same playing well, it's, field. Like, yeah, it's completely you, you should different. See, you should see what Saudi Arabia is doing to the Shiites, especially with all that public hangings that they've been doing. And and, and if you look up public hanging Saudi Arabia right now, you're going to see that there's an influx of this, especially right now, which is which is like, absolutely crazy. But this is our one of one of our biggest allies that we're funneling all these weapons and arms to and having a coalition that's bombing Yemen right now, working with, of course, Al-Qaeda rebels, which a lot of people want to, to ignore. But even the Associated Press admitted the United States coalition is on the side of Al-Qaeda. And they do little PR ops where, of course, the U.S. troops and the Saudi Arabian troops come in and then they literally call Al-Qaeda be like, hey, guys, leave. And then Al-Qaeda comes back in and and conquers the territory. Did you guys see the, uh, I think it was Babylon B article? Taliban quits Twitter in protest of Trump being reinstated. (laughs) That was good. Those guys are funny. Yeah. Well. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you take a look at some of these countries, there was a, uh, it's, it's surprising to me. I was uh, going back to what I was saying about uh, Qatar. There was a story. It, it, it might have been Dubai. Is Dubai? Where's Dubai? In the Emirates? Uh, a lot of these, yeah. these countries have similar rules, uh, similar laws. There was a woman who was on a work trip with a male colleague, and they, sh- they hooked up in a room, and then they were like, oh, you're under arrest. Like, that's illegal. You cohabitating. Mm-hmm. There was another story where a woman was on a work trip, and like some guy went to a room and raped her. So she called the police, and they said, okay, you're under arrest for you know, sex outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what? And then she goes to prison. Like, the, the, it's, it's shocking to me how there are American people and European individuals who go to these countries seemingly believing that they have the same values as the West, and they don't. They and don't they believe that. They just in jail. They rely on Western self-hatred to avoid responsibility for this. That's what it is. With the World Cup, Westerners can't call out human rights violations in this country because Westerners are supposed to hate themselves for their own so-called human rights violations. And truly, like, the overturning of Roe v. Wade is not even close to... Uh, the the laws you're talking about. Yeah, right. In fact, our biggest human rights violation, in my opinion, is the fact that we have abortion in this country at all. Yeah, yeah we no, exactly. kill babies. John, where you where do you draw the line when it comes to either respecting the culture or pushing them to change and calling them out for being wrong? How do you navigate this crazy minefield? That is uh, that is a very good question. I think that's I I notice a very disturbing tendency for this like blind American patriotism, George W. Bush style, waving the flag, which I love. I'm a patriot, but I see like this very sad phenomenon now where you've got like middle-aged dads, for example, and they're coming home and they're watching the news, they're in their recliner, and they're hearing a story about how, you know, women are being raped in the Middle East or these terrible things are happening. And then their, you know, son comes in and they're like, okay, dad, we have to go to the pharmacy to pick up my hormones. And they're just like, be right there, son. And they're like, those Muslims are real savages. How barbaric are they? And it's like, look, rape, murder, abuses of women, this stuff is as old as human history. What is new and what is especially evil is what's going on in this country, which is now you are taking children and you are exploiting them to very evil things. You are doing the most evil thing that could be done to them, which I'm sure we'll get into in the uh, the after segment. And that is new. Nowhere else in the world is that happening except the West. And when the West goes and invades other countries, maybe for financial reasons, maybe for oil, ultimately what they're trying to do is introduce things like feminism, introduce things like gender ideology, um, or even like with our immigration policy, for example. I don't want to live in the Middle East. I don't want to live in Russia. I don't want to live anywhere like that. Terrible countries. But at least those will still be given to their descendants, whereas it is the official policy of Western countries to bring in people from the third world, oftentimes from Muslim countries, to replace the native population of that country. So maybe their countries suck, but at least they'll be able to hand that down to their children, whereas the West can't say the same. So not only do we not have our heritage, we're being taught to hate that we don't even have our future because our kids aren't going to have the same country that we had. And also, if the kids even are allowed to be children, they're not going to be the they're getting gender. They're getting sterilization. Yeah. You know, you know what I yeah. think? I think a big component of, of this is that the right has a longer memory than the left or the left is just outright lying, which is probably the case. Uh, this happened to Tucker Carlson. He was talking about this idea uh, that Democrats are bringing in immigrants to, you know, uh, I guess— expand the population, as it were. Chuck Schumer literally said this. Like, recently, mm-hmm. he said, Americans don't have enough kids, so we need... I think it was Schumer said this, right? He's yeah. like, we got to bring in more immigrants. And it's like, okay, you know, or we as a country can be like, hey, maybe people should have kids, too. Like, 
I'm, I'm, I'm down for immigration done legally and through a normal legal process. And then if we're concerned about population expansion, how about instead of saying abort your kids and sterilize them, you say, OK, maybe some people should have kids and we can have immigrants, too. Like, it, what's wrong with this? Tucker mentions this, that Democrats have explicitly stated they want to bring in uh, immigrants because they vote. They vote Democrat when 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 immigrants get naturalized and become citizens, they typically vote Democrat. And when they get added to the census as legal residents, or I guess even non, uh, non-legal residents, that counts towards the census mm-hmm. and gives congressional power and presidential electoral power to these, to these states. Tucker Carlson says this, then all of a sudden the media forgets that they were advocating for this very thing, that Schumer advocated for this very thing, and accuse him of being a white supremacist conspiracy theorist. Yeah, and that's the problem is like, you know, you can, you will have the types who want to make it like this explicitly racial issue. And there is a component to it that is that, but really what it boils down to is like the people who have the deepest incentive in preserving this country, conserving this country are conservatives. Um, and also people who are white because this country was virtually like 90% white up until 1965 when they restructured the Immigration Act. So if you look at all the people who are going to want to keep things the same, yeah, they're going to be by majority white people. That doesn't mean that there can't be other groups of people who can't want to conserve the country, keep it the same, but they do have an explicit incentive to import people who are not white from these third world countries because they're not going to really care about things changing. You know, and oftentimes they fail to assimilate even where they'll they'll come and they still want to wave the Mexican flag or Mm -hmm. the flag of wherever they come from. And it's like they like America insofar as it presents economic opportunities to them or insofar as it presents other types of opportunities, but they don't really value it as like a home or something. And we're so desperate for people to love this country because we're so used to people shitting on it that then they want to have people, oh, well, they're waving the flag. So they're just like us. We can sing Sweet Caroline at the baseball game get drunk they're just as american as we are and it's like it's not that simple yeah i think this is their path towards world domination joe biden recently announced climate reparations did you guys see this yeah a billion was a billion dollars i think so and uh a lot of people on the right miss the point they come out and they say this this climate change stuff is bunk and they you know oh and joe biden's giving away our money you know why he did it the concern right now is that the BRICS nations are expanding. The World Economic Forum has said BRICS plus is the future. People like Joe Biden want the petrodollar to remain the future. How do you maintain the petrodollar? You give the money to people and tell them, you you say, I'm going to give you money. Then guess what happens? These people say, I have this money. It's valuable. You give it to other countries. You give it to Pakistan for gender studies. Then BRICS says, hey, hey, use the ruble or or the one. And they go, no, 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 no. I have all these dollars. They're valuable. By giving out this money, the U.S. is trying to force other countries to use the dollar and retain it and maintain confidence in it. That's the real incentive. Because if it ever comes to the point where the petrodollar ceases to exist or it is no longer the reserve currency, Americans are in for a very rude awakening about the manufacturing base in this country Mm -hmm. and the things that they don't get from here. So your computers are gone, your clothes are gone, your shoes are gone, your cars are gone. Good luck. Yeah, that's interesting because, like, you say what you will about China, but they understand that with economies, production equals prosperity. And this country's economy is based on, like, a bunch of really weird things. We've got, like, this debt-based money system, uh, fiat currency, usury, you know, these weird, like, 
IT jobs and middle managers, but like we don't actually make anything in this country how we used to. And with the pandemic and everything, that really showed where our weaknesses are. And uh, until we start to bring back some of that manufacturing capacity, we're just basically like riding a wave that's eventually going to crash. Well, well, this happened, and I don't think there's there's any way we could go back to what you have been describing ever since, of course, Richard Nixon and Henry Kissinger went to China and opened up China to the world, aka made a deal with them saying, hey, we're just going to take all the factory jobs, give you them for cheap slave labor goods, and we're just going to keep printing more money here. The larger question is, how much more money could we be printing here? Uh, and there's also going to be a lot of significant economic problems, not just with all this crazy money printing, but more importantly, what's happening right now in China with their zero sickness policy is absolutely insane and will have a very detrimental effect on the American uh, public, mainly because they're not going to be producing. They're not working. They're right. locking millions and millions of people down into their own buildings without any food, even in many instances where people are dying and killing themselves because they're so sick of the lockdowns, which are being patrolled by drones that are literally flying overhead for them, surveilling them and watching every single one of their moves as, as they have to live on a QR code system. And, and now China also is stockpiling a lot of gold. They're also decoupling a lot from the US dollar. So they're making a lot of very significant moves away from the US consumerist system that is dependent on their slave labor. And I don't think they actually you know understand the larger consequences of it because they're prioritizing a zero sickness policy, which is absolutely nonsensical. I think it was one person that died in China mm -hmm. because of this sickness. Well, zero COVID. Uh, yeah. The, the, well, well, you know. Yeah. Uh, did you, we say sickness because, uh, again, mm, it, you, you get the drift did of you what see, I'm saying here. You see the video of, I think there was like a theme park. And then all of a sudden, the police announced there was a there was a COVID Disney case. World in in China. People were locked in there unless they had a QR code <laughs> Jeez, that approved dude. it. Yeah, they were stuck in Disneyland in China. So wow. this shows you the level of just control freak insanity that that these people are willing to go through. Again, Bill Gates compliments this. He says China's doing an amazing job. Bill Gates is advising mm -hmm. the Chinese government here. So to me, what, what's happening in China is a larger beta test to what they want to roll out globally against everyone. And that is total control. And that's what we saw from the G20. That's what we saw from COP27. Uh, All plans to create a system, a social credit system, a central bank digital currency system, a system where, of course, you get followed around by drones and need a QR code of compliance just to exist in society. And I refuse to live in that kind of society. I think that's probably true. We sort of had the same thing in America already, maybe to a lesser extent, but like we have something of a social credit system where if you say the wrong thing now, like Kanye said, I can't use my Apple Pay anymore. Or even with um, like the digital currency. I mean, when's the last time anyone here has bought something with cash? It's wait, been wait, a Kanye can't use Apple Pay? He yeah, said, he made he a said, video. Yeah. He made a video saying specifically he's running for president of the United States, specifically because Adidas contacted uh, Apple and Apple shut down his ability to pay for things. Yeah which he said was insane, and, and they're punishing the... the. Uh, do you remember exactly what he said in that video? Uh, I don't. I didn't watch I, that. I don't want to <laughs> I I paraphrase it, it but, but he, 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 went on a, he went on a rant saying, this is why I want to run for president of the United States, because if, if they could do this to me, what are they doing to everyone else? This is the yeah. meme, though. The meme where, like, the person goes to the supermarket, and then you have to use your phone to buy something, and it says, your credit card has been disabled due to, you know, insensitive comments made online or something. And, and so that's the thing. It's like... 
in China, if we live there, yeah, they're draconian and you can't criticize the government. But if you criticize, you know, LGBT stuff, which doesn't exist there because they, they ban it, it's like you'll be at a greater liberty to do things like that. And so this is sort of the problem that America had. We made a calculation where, okay, if we open up the markets with China in the latter half of the 20th century, their, their economic prosperity is going to make them more liberalized because everything's going to be fine. Our companies are going to go over there. And then it backfired where now you're empowering this country that is hyper-nationalist, frankly, racist, uh, ethno-nationalist and yeah. very traditionalist. And now they're going to try to compete, like you said, yeah. with the U.S. on the world stage. And they're like totally resistant to all the woke stuff that the U.S. wants to do. They made another calculation where they said, okay, social media is becoming very popular. We're going to censor American social media platforms. We're going to build our own conservatives called that, you know, Orwellian, but now you don't have kids in China talking about switching their genders, doing things like that, because that's frankly, that's like how the U.S. has soft power in other countries. We yeah. have our media companies going and incepting these ideas into people's minds, and China said, no, we don't want that. They're doing the same thing to us, though, where if you have TikTok in China, you're seeing videos of people that are, you know, playing piano, that are proficient in the maths and the sciences, but if you download TikTok in America, you get a totally different algorithm. You get very degenerate, depraved content because they're trying to take the youth, which is the future that could maybe compete with them and just make it completely demoralized and but now there's even democrats saying they want to ban it yeah which i think is weird kind of crazy but uh maybe tiktok should have been banned there's a, there's a challenge to this should it should a company be able to uh, sh should it should tiktok be allowed to operate an algorithm that is sending detrimental content to kids or should our government, for national security reasons, be like, dude, this is destroying us from the inside out and take it out and remove it? I've had people, libertarians, tell me that I was being fascist mm -hmm. or being authoritarian by arguing the app should be banned. And I'm like, I get it, but I've never been an anarchist or a hardcore libertarian. I've always been kind of just a liberal. Yeah. Yeah, but these are not private companies. We have to understand these are state-run institutions that are running larger psyopses, that are running what, what some would people describe as, as fourth or fifth generational warfare, where specifically it is used to not only demoralize, but to destroy human beings' attention span, destroys people's ability to, to, to coexist in society, destroy relationships, destroys families. This is the larger consequences of a government-engineered action, and therefore, I would argue, it's not a private company. They don't deserve the protections of a private entity but yeah. if tiktok were banned in the u.s wouldn't something worse just crop up we'll that is made that by too. americans like youtube shorts I, I, yes <laughs> like youtube shorts is somehow lower Bad. iq than tiktok and instagram reels like something worse will come up created by americans and we don't need china's help becoming you could censor that too. more I mean, demoralized you know, like we're doing this mostly to ourselves most libertarians they're very fine people but they are usually either like teenagers or like these sort of disaffected gen xers who were angry at their dads <laughs> for like catching them smoking weed in the garage or something it's just not serious so yeah oh, i think on, it should come be on. straw man is it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. This we, is, we've we, we've we've had smart libertarians on the show there are, uh, i just it's not that they're not smart. smart so here's a good example um What's his name? Austin Peterson. Very smart guy. Yeah, very he's, nice he's hilarious guy. Too. I was a big fan of him back in 2016. I had a debate with him on a Elijah Schaefer's show and we went back and forth on libertarianism. And what I find with libertarians is ultimately, because we agree on what we want the ideal society to be, you know, this constitutional republic, everything is laid back, freedom. But where libertarians tend to disagree with people like myself is on what to do with the acquisition of power, how to go about that, how to go about using it. And we got into this, like, ultimately meaningless back and forth between like, okay, how do you want to go about taking power and then asking power to delete itself? Because the other side wants to take power and use it to like kill you. There, so there's a great meme I saw 
It was on uh, uh, Patriots That Win, the Donald Forum, which I'm mm-hmm. sure everybody knows. Our good friends over Patriots That Win. And it was this really crude paintbrush drawing where it said uh, Democrat vote, Republican vote, Libertarian vote. And it was like, Dem- it was like uh, Democrats, 800,000, Republicans, 799,999, yeah. Libertarian vote two. And then it said, winner, uh, uh, no more guns. Yeah. And it was just like, if the libertarians are just like, okay, I guess we have to accept that this preserves at least some of our rights, then they were Republican. That being said, you know, I get it. I, I, I remember hearing some conservatives say something similar to that, like libertarians need to recognize that voting Republican preserves more of their yep. rights than not. And I'm like, yeah, but if the libertarians hate you, don't expect them to vote for you. Figure out how you get their vote. Mm-hmm. Should you, you agree on these core issues, ask them what they don't agree with you on. Typically, you'll find out it's like war or something. So I think the real opportunity right now is Donald Trump opposed all of that. Not perfectly. I know, Luke. But if we can uh, get more America first types who are like, hey, we don't want foreign intervention in foreign war, you'll see more libertarians be like, okay, that, that I'll take. Look, the Libertarian Party is an absolute joke. I absolutely agree with that. They're candidates or just non-professional people that made themselves look bad and made everyone else look bad. But if you're looking at a problem and saying, hey, there's a lot of government here, we're going to solve it with more government. That to me is just an idiotic uh, take that doesn't really make sense to me as, of course, you're replacing a cancer with more cancer. When in reality, I think the biggest basis of a kind of anarchist perspective, which again, counters even the libertarian perspective, is that the solution should be within personal responsibility, within an individual being the best version of themselves to, of course, beat out all the bull crap out there and not stand and not be a victim and not be someone that needs government and not incentivize more of it in your life. And I think that's kind of the problem with the libertarian ethos. It sort of assumes the perfectibility of the individual. It, it gives them almost this opportunity to like, hey, you can exist and you can be trusted with freedom. And that may have been the case in, you know, the 1700s. But now this society, I mean, the founding fathers said that our constitution was written for a moral and religious people. It would be wholly inadequate for any other group of people. Now the average American in this country is like this overweight, porn addicted, like drug user. And we expect <laughs> this guy to be trusted with freedom. That was brutal. And it, yeah. it's just, it's true. And so you're seeing this all happen in the libertarian think that like any power, any state power is bad. I would offer the distinction that we like to use with like gun rights, for example. What's the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun? A good guy with a gun. You can vote libertarian. You can say, hey, you should delete the, the power you have. And they're just gonna be like, okay, you're non-threatening. That's why no libertarian, no. unless they want to call for a revolution, which they really like to do, they like to fantasize about these, you know, big mass conflict scenarios. They never get banned from social media because what they're saying is fundamentally not threatening because they're just saying, hey, state, go away. And then you've got people like Trump, people who are more authentically right wing saying, actually, I want to infiltrate the state, kick out the communists, make it illegal for them to occupy power and then make the country great again. That's threatening. And that's why those people, myself included, get banned. Maybe we need iron fist libertarianism. I disagree with where, any well, hold form on, hold on, hold on. of totalitarianism. I didn't say that. And, and I any said, form of top-down centralization I didn't say of power. that. I didn't say yeah. that. I said iron fist libertarianism, meaning... Where you got to lube it up or something? Yes. No. <laughs> where's, no. Where's the, I, I'm kidding. Calm down, Luke. You're freaking out before I even explained what I mean. I'm joking, I mean I'm joking a libertarian party that respects the rights of the individual, that enshrines the rights of the individual, guarantees them within the confines of the law, and recognizes they have to be threatening to those that would seek to destroy and, and, and steal the power from the people. But like, the, the point I'm trying to make is the founding fathers, I think, were that. Mm-hmm. They were like, the, 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 the individual is the, you know, the smallest minority and people have these rights and here's the Bill of Rights and we're going to war with Britain to secure them. Yeah. Now the Libertarian Party is like, guys, 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 
you know, hold on there a minute. We shouldn't do that because that goes against our values. And it's like, okay, the libertarians that oppose borders. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I think are silly. Sorry. Like, I understand what you mean when you're like, borders are imaginary lines. I didn't argue with this libertarian. He's like, you think that imaginary line exists? And I'm like, no, I think we've asserted we guarantee and protect our rights. And this is as far as we can protect and are willing to, to enforce upon the land. We have defined the space as what we guard, what is ours. And within it, we respect the rights, the human rights and the constitutional rights of the people here. Look, how do you, how do you, you know, I, I, I just refuse to lick the boot. That's just me, my own personal perspective. I, you make some very good valid points, and I, and I agree with you with some of them. But at the end of the day, how do we deal with this kind of fat, porn-addicted uh, loser that, of course, is, is destroying themselves? To me, personally, I, you know, people would argue like, hey, you know, these people who are victims of this, who are going for the short-term pleasures, are going to kind of uh, ruin themselves, not have families, not reproduce. This gives opportunities for people to, of course, be the best versions of themselves. But how do you... And, and, and I think, you know, in Incentivizing healthy people, families, uh, good diets, exercise is something that should be done. But how do you do that on a state level without being an, an authoritarian, without being like the Chinese government? Yeah. Uh, how, how do you do that? Where's the balance? So this is sort of the problem where the right in the last 60 years has inherited the worst parts of libertarianism without the good parts of it. So like the reason we lose is because, you know, we are the graceful losers, the beautiful losers. We have principles. We're not going to fight dirty. It's better to lose with dignity than to play their game. And so now we all have to eat food and use those calories and convert those into thoughts about how to argue against children being like having these surgeries performed. That is so unspeakable. Imagine telling that to someone 50 years ago, like, yeah, you're actually going to have to like set aside, uh, set aside time to think about arguments as to why this shouldn't happen. That's what modern conservatism has brought to the American people. We have failed to conserve everything up until like literally now your kids are going to be taken from you if you disagree with that. I, yeah, I, that's I agree with you. I want to expand on that. It's absolute individualism with no responsibility. Yes. It is police officers running away from school shootings. It is the Uvalde cops saying, I'm not going in there. It's the security guard at Par at, in Parkland being like, I'm going to run the other direction. I was talking about this um, on one of my segments earlier because I had, I had a t-shirt. It's the rooster that says, stand your ground. And it's our rooster, Roberto Jr. He's a cartoon. He's like, ah. And uh, what I said was, I thought it was funny. I think roosters are cool. And uh, it's kind of interesting to me that chicken historically for us in our colloquial English is a reference to someone being a coward, despite the fact that roosters will sacrifice their lives to save their hens. We used to look at what chickens were, even a rooster running full speed towards a fox and dying like as, as cowardly. Like it, it, that, that's kind of strange to me how that something like that emerged. And then today we don't even have police officers who are willing to risk their lives to save children as it's happening in front of them. I'm like, okay, we're at the point 
where our politicians, where our law enforcement are just like, I'm not going in there. I'm not risking my neck for you. Yeah. And that means society is broken. Because, uh, yeah, everybody is. is so atomized and so selfish. And so this is sort of the problem with it. Like, all of the things that are from the top down, because we sort of live in this, like, ideological cumulative tyranny, where it's not as obvious as the tyranny that we were taught by Hollywood to fear, where it's one party that controls everything. All of these corporations, all of these institutions, NGOs, media, academia, government, they're all on the same page, even if they're not all under the same flag, but they are, and it's usually the pride flag. But they still all are on the same page, and they're believing these things. And so they, from the top down, are demoralizing the American people by pushing into their their eyes at virtually, you know, anything you go, whether it's advertisements, social media, all of this, like, depraved content. And that's where you get the escapism, where people don't feel like they have any righteous future prospects. They think it's going to be harder for them to find a moral spouse, harder for them to start a family, to get a good job without amassing tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And so that's the escapism. Whereas like a man 50, 60 years ago would be like, ah, the factory town, I'm going to do what my dad did. He would kind of have an idea. Now men are like, I don't know, I'm just going to like smoke weed and play video games and do whatever. And that's all just different forms of escapism. And so Mm -hmm. I don't think the answer to that problem is simply like smaller government things like that, you have to actually use some form of power in this country to cut off the capacity of evil people to do that to your native population. And that's the only way that you're ever going to be able to have a people with a clear mind who can then pursue liberty, which is defined in the pre-modern understanding as just the ability to pursue good without evil trying to basically like get in your way. I want to I want to read a super chat real quick, sure. just as it's a very good one. It's from Fuke. You. <laughs> And uh, they say four white men and one white woman explaining politics. Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, Luke's a person of color. I'm mixed race. Serge is African-American and Mary's a ghost. There you go. I'm Thank not you. even human. Uh, She's not even here. Yeah. Imagine inviting that person to the Constitutional Convention. <laughs> all these white men. So, so, yeah. so just really quick, how do you, how do you deal with, you know, uh, you know, porn, obesity? How do you deal with that on a state level? What do you do? You're, you're in the government right now. You're the president. What do you do? I would say, and I have a whole dissertation, it's called on this, by the way, on my channel. We go through all the scientific research for two hours. If you don't believe me, porn is literally like a weapon. It's a drug and it's it is. destroying it's your brain. It's been used in Israel as, 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 yes. as, as a particular form of weapon. And, and even in like World War II, for example, it's demoralizing. They would drop propaganda of soldiers being ravaged by the enemy force because it demoralizes you. You know, even from a, an amoral perspective, ignoring the religious a- aspect of it, you're watching some other guy, you know, have sex with a chick. Presumably, that's what you would like to be doing, and it does actually take a toll on you mentally. It mm. hijacks your brain's reward circuitry. It makes you depressed. So if you're a young man and you're watching, and for whatever reason you feel depressed, you feel like you don't have a, lo- a lot of energy, it's tough for you to sleep, you can't make eye contact, you're socially anxious, there's literally scientific evidence proving that that could be because of porn. Don't believe me? Watch the video. And short-term Shameless pleasures porn. as well, which yes. people are more open to, and it also just destroys and fries your dopamine well, sectors yes. in your brain. And I agree. That's the problem. Uh, like obesity, it's a big problem. Problem. How do you like like I understand we get it. How do you deal with this problem as as, so, as like a status? Uh, if a status, I, I wouldn't say <laughs> a status, but from from like a state level, you know, Wanting you could, a state doesn't mean you're a state. You could Luke. you could easily well, pass your status too. Ghost girl. Okay, you yeah. could easily pass legislation just simply regulating it the same way that we uh, we regulate CP. You know, like okay, if you're gonna watch this, maybe you're 18 years old, fine, but we're gonna make it so minors can't access it because the average age that children are being exposed to it when their brains are the most plastic and malleable is like nine years old, and yeah. that's assuming a normal distribution, which means 50 percent even younger than nine years old and the effects of that are, are very bad i mean now it's even tough for them to do studies on people's brains because they can't find a control group who hasn't been exposed to pornography because it's so pervasive um and so i think you could easily regulate it like that and people want to say oh well well i don't want to have to put in my driver's license to like watch porn it's like dude 
nine-year-old you know like who cares if you want to like jerk off to something depraved like fine but like we're trying to protect kids here mm -hmm. and there is something to be said about establishing yeah. barriers like you used to have to go to the vhs store things like that making it more difficult for people to do things that are bad is good or even with the food you go to europe you lose 10 pounds why is that yeah yep. they don't put crap in their food like we yeah. do and we've tried so hard to find the villain whether it's fats carbohydrates red meat the villain is that you're eating chemicals that your body doesn't know how to digest yeah it's predominantly because of bill gates and monsanto buying up the the lobbyist industry and going after the regulators and putting their people in charge that allows them to do all this crazy stuff yes but you know this this is the problem because you know it, it does need to be de dealt with and I, I think these are quantifiable problems that do need to be addressed we hear we hear we hear this a lot and it's come up quite a bit that uh, there are people we know friends of friends of people who work here who say that when they're outside the u.s they eat this diet that they, they eat their normal diet and they're thin they come to the U.S. and they eat the same food and they gain 30 pounds yes. over like instantly. And then we were like, oh, maybe you don't realize the portions are bigger. Maybe you started drinking. And, and the response I hear all the time is like, no, I eat the same thing. And then we even had one person be like, when I went back home for six months, the weight vanished. Like, dude, I'm eating the same thing. Yeah, and you, people are adamant about it. I don't know. It. People also just lack a lot of willpower these days. No, there's and then bad, blame it on the ingredients. Oh, the ingredients. Are, no, like, I Mary, know that no, there are toxic ingredients yeah. in food, but also, like, Dude, just shut the, your it, mouth and stop no, eating. No, no, the ingredients <laughs> are banned in Europe. You can't I, I understand have the that same they have stricter regulations, and I want States. us to have stricter regulations yeah. on it, but also, like, just have some more willpower. Well, here's the thing. I think... As an American, you should be able to just like be lazy and go to a McDonald's and get a burger without having to worry about it like poisoning you and making you like Seriously. effeminate. I right. think you should be able to do that, but you can't do that now in this country because nobody in moderation, has the balls you to absolutely take on. Can do that. No, no, but, but people look, are stupid. No one's ever going to be like. I mean, look at the average weight of like a man in this country. I, I would love if people could do that, but okay. they just won't. And they're but, going so here, and it's so, going up dramatically. So here's here's the issue though: if people are not apt enough, savvy enough, knowledgeable enough. To avoid eating that garbage, is it the responsibility of the government to ban them from eating it? I believe so, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's what is the government's job. That's, that's it's not that to was, look out for the people. That's Mike Bloomberg's position. So, I, Bloom yeah. Yes, with the and soda, I'm, and right? I'm, and I'm not inherently saying you're wrong. I'm just letting you know. Like, yeah. Bloomberg, right. He, he wanted to ban sodas, sugary drinks, and he even went as far as to say tax the poor because they buy things that are bad for them. So we should take more of their money away and then spend it on things that are good for them. Yeah, that I don't think I, I don't think I'd want to tax it, but I think there are ways to cut subsidies to things that are bad and redirect them towards things that are good. You know, the American diet in the 1950s, now we would scoff at like, oh, all this red meat and everything. They were significantly healthier than we are now. I mean, we are eating literal poisons and endocrine disruptors and cancers, and we wonder why everybody's so depressed. The two things that your brain is the most wired to pursue, food and sex, have been hijacked such that now, like we said, the average American is an overweight, like hypersexual, porn addicted slob. That's not good. With no impulse I went, control. I went to uh, I went to a restaurant, and for dessert they had a bread pudding, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds good." Like you guys have had bread pudding before, right? Yeah. yeah. It was basically it was the, the, they brought it out. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever eaten in my life, mind you. And it was this small. It was very small, but it was six Krispy Kreme donuts compressed into a small cake and then covered oh, wow. with like with like sweetened condensed milk and like a cherry. And then I was like, I tried it. And I was like, this tastes like Krispy Kreme. And I was like, wait a minute. 
you could see that it was like they took a half dozen donuts. <laughs> it's got to be like 1,200 calories in this yeah, thing. That's wild. That's insane. That was like a regular dessert for one person. Yeah. So, there, so just to, It was if, delicious. If, if I could you. summarize your argument, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> sure. You're saying human beings are imperfect. They, they can't rule their own lives, so we need government to rule the lives for them. But isn't the government made up of those same imperfect individuals uh-huh. with those same so, weaknesses? That's my, my argument is not that like you know people can't be trusted with liberty. People can't be trusted with freedom. I'm saying that this stock of people people that we've assembled because we have failed to prevent evil forces from instituting evil things is now at a state where I'm not saying they can't be trusted with freedom. I think people are able to feed themselves. I just think that we should, and we do have an obligation to cut off the ability of people to be able to destroy themselves as easily with mainly, you know, cigarettes, that's fine, but with food, with pornography, things like that. It's like, yeah, I think that the government should step in and just make food real again, make sex real again, make people have relationships again. It is possible to at least redirect the trends. I agree with you on the problems, but the government, I, I would argue, created a lot of those problems, incentivized a lot of those problems, allows a lot of those problems, and this is why I don't think the state is going to solve those problems, and I think it okay. should be on an individual level. So, so You're so, talking so, let, about let, let a state me, me, led by John Doyle, though, so... so right, in, 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 real if we're lucky. Plan. <laughs> yeah, now, hold yeah, on, yeah. So, so I think you're both right. Luke, you've recognized that we have a government that is doing bad things. That doesn't mean we just rec- we, we just say instantly that all social pact or social contract is impossible. The issue is that corruption takes hold and something has to be done about it. So I view it like this. Uh, what you're saying is deeply nuanced, John. You're talking about poisoned food and all these really corrupt things. They're hard to see. But at the root, there's something simple. Let's say you have a small village of 100 people. The, the, the anti-statist absolutist, and this is, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a straw man, but if you're absolutely anarchic and like, no, 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 there should be no authority, no state, governments are bad, and they always cause problems. A barbarian horde comes in, and they destroy everything. There's no social understanding, there's no pact. Or, a fire burns down a house, and people say, screw you, I'm not going to help you. No, no, no. The, the, the earliest form of government isn't inherently a bad thing. It's the centralization of authority and the corruption of government that's a bad thing. If you have a small village of 100 people, and there's a social understanding between all of them as to how things are run, what is okay and what isn't, you've got the basics of governance, your community. The problem is we have no community left in this country. It's been totally shattered. And thus, what we're seeing now with the Democrats and the Republicans, they're calling it the basement strategy. Katie Hobbs didn't campaign. They just said, Get as many votes as possible. It doesn't matter what you say to these people. No longer are elections based on the social contract. They're based on playing to the rules to the best of the ability of the player. Republicans didn't understand this in the midterms, still managed to get the House. Now they're starting to realize that, hey, you don't need to campaign at all. Just get enough people to collect as many votes as possible in whatever the legal mean is, door to door as certified caregivers, and get people to vote for you. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's not a tenable government. That, that, that's not going to work. Yeah. There's also something yeah. to be said about the political incentive that we have, because so much of what the left does, like we hit on earlier, is just create and manufacture the victim narratives. And everybody's a victim. Everyone's in despair. And if you look at like what unites these people, it's much less ideology and much more just this shared misery and hatred against those who they cast as like their dad or whoever was like mean to them in their life or something. And when you have a person who is overweight, whose dopamine has been fried, they're depressed, that person is so much more likely to want to sympathize and resonate with those victim narratives because they 
they tell themselves through their narcissism, like I, because somebody like looked at me once in a Victoria's Secret because I'm overweight, I'm like just as oppressed as black yeah. people or something like that. And when you have people who are overweight, especially young people, we're so overweight now, where's the revolution gonna be fought? I mean, the young people are the future. Testosterone too, because of the endocrine disruptors in the food is down 40% in the last 40 years. When your testosterone goes down, you become more agreeable. Your amygdala in your brain, these chemicals have been shown over time to shrink your amygdala, which is the part of your brain that is responsible for saying things like no. And not coincidentally, the average person in this country has been far more agreeable to things that would be unthinkable to our grandparents' generation. So I believe that people can be trusted with liberty, but I also think that uh, we should probably stop evil people from doing evil things. And then if people want to overeat, that's fine, but they do have an incentive to make you fat let, and weak yeah. and depressed. Let me ask you a question, Luke, right? Uh, a serious question. In like a, an anarchist city, like uh, or in a place like Sharan, how do they deal with someone who is coming in with a gun and robbing people? Um, they have community networks of people who actually are, are security guards who are responsible for the mutual protection. So, so coming in the city, you go through you know a checkpoint and you can't have any kind of political signs. You can't have any kind of political ideology. And they have a community watch, uh, which protects them. And the crime has gone down absolutely dramatically. They haven't had a murder in many years now. And when they deal with crime, they deal it uh, with uh, they deal with it in a sensible level. Where of course, if someone is doing a crime because of an addiction, they help that person deal with the addiction rather than, of course, just punishing them and making them worse criminals. How, how, do, how do they deal with fraud? Um, I'm not, I don't have any examples of that particular, uh, example at all. So I don't know. So the, the challenge is it's really easy to be like, obviously taking someone's belongings is a bad thing. And we have, we've developed civics around how to deal with these things. Can you prove it? Are there witnesses? The standards vary from country to country, but typically if I take something from you, I am causing damage to you. We understand that. If I strike you and there are witnesses saying you instigated the fight, we understand that. But what if you're doing something that's like, uh, scamming them out of their money Something like that, that's fraudulent in the United States. Deception in order to steal their resources. I, I'll I'll ask my contacts in Sharon and come back to you with, with a particular answer on that. But the, but the, the reason yeah. I ask yeah. is because some things are uh, are illegal that some people think shouldn't be illegal, and some things are legal that should be illegal. And how is that understood by the people of Sharon? For instance, what if someone buys ten roosters and puts them in their house and they're screaming all day long? Clearly, people are going to be upset with it. What if someone goes outside and gets an LRAD and just blasts the sound at the top? Is it because they say, we've determined what you're doing to be unreasonable, regardless of whether or not we've agreed you can't do it? Obviously, blasting an LRAD device is damaging. But hey, 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 come on. I want roosters. No, you can't tell me I can't have roosters. They're my animals and I'm going to eat them and I need them. Yeah. So if they're, they're, you know, I'm, I'm not arguing for outright authoritarianism, but I do think a basic understood social contract where we where we understand each other is, is a valuable thing. Yeah, it's just simple. The, the One of the main pr principles of, of anarchist is don't take people's stuff, don't steal, and don't hurt other people. And I think if we just live by those principles and we respect those principles, the world will be different. And, you know, when it comes to especially what's happening with modern males, I would argue that there is a, an, an agenda meant to demasculate people, meant to destroy people, meant to create a public that is never going to stand up against the tyranny of the state, meant to, of course, make them acquiesce with everything, like you said. And it's not just testosterone levels. It's also sperm levels. It's also grip strengths. We are being biologically attacked 
top down in almost every element of our life that is destroying modern manhood to the point where women now have better grip strength and even more testosterone than most most males. No, so that's why, not true. Why is it important oh, for on, women well, to more, become that's more true. disagreeable? That's, that's not true. Luke, that is not true. We've we've actually talked about grip strength uh, grip strength on the show and pulled up studies showing showing the, the relative grip strength in specifically referring to the differences between males and females. Males have stronger grip strength. Absolutely. But 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 now this 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 kind of chart is changing, right? So so now well, yeah, males have yeah. have stronger average grip strength, but, but the average down. grip strength going of down. women yes. is going, going up. up. Right, right, right. Yes, and so with the same with the testosterone levels. So, so why so, so, is that important? Like, why would it be important for women to become more disagreeable and have more testosterone? It's not. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. I'm if that's just, part of a, a planned agenda. What, what I'm describing here is uh, the takeover of the state, because I, I think at the end of the day, the state is doing this because the state needs people to acquiesce with it, and the state has an agenda that is pushing. This agenda to have more people that they could rule over because again the the government the state is a corporation they want to make sure they have the most clients who's going to be the best client of the state the people who need it the most and this is why there's been an agenda to make the people need the state more and more than ever i agree with that i think that this state is hostile towards the people over whom it governs but i don't think it's because it is the state i think it's because it was infiltrated by communists and communists are evil people <laughs> like that's what they want they want global yeah. communism they're very open about this uh it's conspiratorial when we say it but then you read the forms in the you know the world economic form they're like completely open about they it, brag so. about it they write Luke, dissertations and this, papers saying we need global yeah. control we need totalitarianism and the way Luke, that they take you, over society is by back. weakening the modern Luke, man. this seems to Luke. get back yeah. to the point that we were talking about earlier with like okay we have the state it sucks it's hostile towards us well now what do we do what are we supposed are we supposed to just tell it it should delete itself are we supposed to take power and then delete the state like i don't think that anarchy has an actual answer to the problem because like you yeah. said if everyone just stopped stealing everything would be fine so true now try to tell that to like illegal aliens what are you going to hand them like copies of like thomas Paine literature and be like hey you should really you know read some of this <laughs> well, stuff well, they just aren't receptive without to the it. welfare state we wouldn't have a lot of this immigration that's true so I, I think that's another argument that deserves to be made here specifically when it comes to the state incentivizing a lot of this nonsense incentivizing a lot of the, these divide and conquer agendas Again, no one has the perfect solution here, but at the end of the day, I think the more pragmatic thing is calling for decentralization of power, not centralization of power, giving people more opportunities to move away from this fifth generational warfare that's affecting them. Because the more you empower the state, the more you empower the agenda against yourself. I think that's true. I also think there is something to be said about taking over the state and like using it to benefit ourselves. And, you know, we had a good system in this country. It wasn't perfect, but it was a lot better than the system we have now. And I think if we allow that stock of people people to retain power, things would be far better off for everybody. I respect your opinion. You make very good arguments, but I believe that's a pipe dream. Well, all right. I, and, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. We, 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 I, I, we I think, you know, one thing I've learned over the past several years is that uh, there is no end point. Or, or I, I, should, I suppose I should say it's a developed idea I've learned more and more about over a long period of time. But, you know, I often say the ends don't justify the means because you never meet the ends, which is mm. to say that you may come up with this document that says, like, here's the perfect government. And on paper, it makes sense. You begin to implement it and things improve. A hundred years later, you live in a corrupt garbage country based on that document. And people are like, see, it didn't work. And you're like, no, no, no. It worked for as long as it did. And then humans are fallible creatures. That's just, that's just it. 
the assumption that humans can can adhere to a perfectly rigid system is, is, is just not the case. Yeah. And so this is sort of, I think, the crossroads we're at where it's like, okay, either we keep telling people that small government is the answer, things like that. And then maybe one of these days we somehow manage to get the government to shrink or we decentralize the power. Or we actually try to do what they did, the long march through the institutions, take back power. And then the argument is, well, then how, what's to stop them from doing it? Okay, then we're back at square one. We voted can, all our guys into office and then they become communists and then we're just back at I, square one. I'm going to back Luke with one simple solution. Uh, um, I think you'll agree in a sense. Let me ask you this. If everyone, every single person in this country was a conservative Christian, would you need police? At a very small scale. Right. The issue really is, are we a cohesive culture? Yeah. Do we, do we agree with each other? Do we, uh, uh, do we uh, have the same values? If you have a community that shares its values you really don't have to really leave your doors open. Mm-hmm. It, assuming your values are like, don't harm other people, don't steal from them. The problem is we have no shared v- values. So people are turning to government for the solution when yes. the solution is actually cultural. But So I agree with you with a long march to the institutions. We need our media apparatus mostly to basically speak to people and tell them like, here are the things that we share. And I don't mean like a top-down broadcast tower of like the five journalists. I mean, we need... We need a dominant culture to emerge, explain why what it does works, win the arguments, win the institutions, and then say, like, this is what we as a community are here for. And then I don't think you need to rely on powerful uh, governments or big government. And what's interesting about that, too, is like the biggest I should say the closest that we came to really living in that kind of post-racial society was probably after 9-11. I mean, everybody was united under the American flag, maybe for the wrong reasons. Uh, so maybe someone yeah. talk about later. I, I, I don't want to. No, do I? don't want to talk about that one. You had things like, you know, the Chappelle show, for example, when, and Dave's still relevant, where he was making fun of every group equally, pretty much. You had things like WWE. Everyone loved Eddie Guerrero. Like John Cena put out a rap yeah, album. But, but you come were on. allowed to. Uh, so, sorry to interrupt, but I just want to address the one point mm-hmm. before we move on from it. There were a lot of Arabic people who are being discriminated against and 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 and, and feared yeah. because of terror. Well, I, I should say post-racial in the sense of Sikhs like as well. America's yeah. always been pretty much a biracial country, and then Hispanics started coming here after '65. But yeah, there was a lot of anti-Arab discrimination. But uh, in terms of like you know the traditional American demographics, I guess I would say we really did kind of have uh, a period where it seemed like it wasn't going to be as problematic. And then now they refuse to let us acknowledge those differences which do exist because they believe that all people are fundamentally the same. Yeah. And so you can't joke about them, you can't acknowledge them, and if you do, you get canceled. Yeah, I, I think also j- just to continue this kind of larger conversation. I I wasn't prepared for a debate, but when you made those pothead statements, those those were shots fired. <laughs> You're like, hey, I, man, I, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't smoke weed. I don't use weed personally myself. But I do think one of the 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 weaker elements of of anarchy and libertarianism is when it comes to specifically children. I do believe children deserve to be protected. Uh, I do believe that there should be elements and institutions in charge that protect children from uh, what's what's online, from other predators, from other people taking advantage of them, from other people trying to hurt them psychologically, physically, and mentally who was the the was it austin peters uh, peterson he was on the debate stage when someone said legalize heroin for children and he was said no <laughs> and he's known as the guy saying no to legalizing him. heroin for children they booed they him because he said he wouldn't do that <laughs> now, now again I, I i i think there should be protections for children obviously uh, oh, man, because children aren't consenting adults and i think there's a lot of predators out a lot there of libertarians would that call that into children. question too absolutely exactly and that and, th- and this is where i stand differently uh, this is this is where I disagree with some of the larger ethos and the larger philosophies. I just wanted to make that clear because we're talking about this, and uh, I, I think I, it's a fascinating conversation. Breitbart, he said, 
politics is downstream, downstream from culture. And I've thought about it over and over again. And, um, you know, I've even mentioned this. Communism works. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In very small scales. And that's because a very small scale commune is a, is a ideologically homogenous group of people that have all agreed on how they want to live and what they do. And even then, there's still some challenges. But you can't scale it up because I, I, there's, there's one famous commune. They have 100 open slots. If someone leaves, someone can apply to join and they let you come in. Everything's shared, but it's still controlled by a committee. There's still people who are hierarchical in, in control of it and can choose to let you in or not. The challenge is when you try scaling up something like communism, it utterly fails because ideology starts to become more and more disparate as you move away from the central hub. So I'll, I'll explain it this way. If you have a city, a cultural center that has like Broadway, for instance, people are sharing ideas. They're producing similar culture and content. You see an emergent phenomenon of different styles of art emerging, but it all swirls around certain ideas. The further out you get away from that hub, the less people are a part of that culture. Now you're hundreds of miles away. Now you're thousands of miles away. And now they don't even speak the same language. You can't have a single system where those people agree with each other. We're seeing this in the U.S. People in cities view the world one way. People outside of cities view it another way. Somebody who's living in, in rural Nebraska is for some reason in an argument over gun control with someone who lives in the heart of New York City where they're completely different worlds. Mm -hmm. One guy walks outside and he sees mountains and nothing else or fields of, of, of corn. And he's like, Wait, what, who, who am I hurting by having an AR-15? Then there's a guy who's in New York City, surrounded shoulder to shoulder with tons of people everywhere. And he's like, if someone fired a gun, it would cause chaos and mayhem. They're not even arguing the same world and they don't realize it. So th th this is, this is a, a huge component of the problem we're facing here in the U.S., particularly with cities versus rural areas. That seems to be the big split component. Long story short, my point is, if everybody had a shared ideology there'd be no problems. People would all just get along and agree. They'd be like, oh yeah, that's the thing. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's interesting you say that too, because a lot of the uh, communist intellectuals that they like to cite, like Peter uh, Kropotkin, for example, if I recall correctly, when he was writing his treatises, he was talking about like communes of like 100 people. And like right. said, it's like, yeah, that could probably work. But when you scale to this level, or even like with the USSR, a large mm -hmm. reason that they collapsed was because of the different ethnicities that they had all under this one right. flag. Um, and I think it can go both ways. I think politics can be downstream from culture, but I think culture can also be downstream from politics. Like, like, for example, with the USSR, I mean, that was a uh, an Orthodox Christian country and you had the Bolsheviks come in and they forced in communism and they killed the Tsar um, and they, they implemented that to a population mean, that didn't want it. You mean Russia was Christian and then the Bolsheviks came in and turned it into the Soviet Union? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, or even like with gay marriage, for example, California arguably the most liberal state in the country. They shot that down in, I think, 2008 as a state. Right. Seven years later, Barack Obama you know, takes credit for the Supreme Court legislating from yeah. the bench, saying this is now what we're so doing. Funny. And now, seven years later, you look at where we are now. So there is this sort of assumption from the population, which I understand, that sort of the, the government or the laws of the society are generally going to reflect its morality or its sentiment. And so when people saw the government doing that, you know, the White House lit up in the rainbow flag, I think it did kind of influence the culture. Like, oh, this is what we're doing. This is what normal people think. And that sort 
sort of opened up the floodgates for everything that we're seeing now. And this is exactly what honest leftists have criticized me for. It's very fascinating. Typically, they just lie. And they'll lie about something because they're trying to convince people who aren't initiated into politics to join their side. But I had someone, I love this, they said, the reason they hate me, said this on Facebook, was that I shatter consensus reality. And I was like, well, thank you for, thank you for being honest. They want consensus reality. That's it. They don't care what's true. They care about what is perceived as true so that everybody marches in lockstep. We are deviants. We are outside of that. And we are pulling people from it. Yeah. That threatens their structure. They mm-hmm. want superficial uh, you know, diversity, not diversity of thought, which is, again, something that is very dangerous and, and something that is regressive and is actually going to be hurting them in the long run, especially when it comes to building any kind of society. But to add to your earlier point there, I do believe that the solution is going to be community-oriented, people coming together, setting up homeschool pods, setting up uh, you know, protections, uh, setting up community watches, uh, being able to learn to defend themselves, being able to, to create farms and and to share food and to share resources with people. I believe that right there is going to be a lot better. That right there is a true form of anarchy that I believe could be practiced, should be practiced. And it, all it takes is you guys talking to your neighbors and doing the right thing and moving away from the state because any kind of larger state that is based on forcing people to share an ideology is to me a very dangerous state. It's tough. I wish there were easier answers to all of this, you know? Yeah. We have so many people who say like, hey, we just want to live in peace. We want to live in peace. But um, it's funny because we do. We really do. But then you see that some ideologies just don't get along. Like in the UK, in um, I can't remember the name of the area. There was a, a school doing LGBT curriculum and Muslims came out to protest it. A member of the LGBT community comes out and says, we're doing this for you. And they were like, how dare you? How dare you? You, you, you claim that. And it's interesting because I've even seen these paintings where it shows a woman in hijab, but it's a rainbow. And I'm like, in the real world, there's they're, they're, they really, really are angry about this, like in Dearborn, Michigan, mm-hmm. where they're going to this meeting saying, do not vote Democrat because they are attacking Muslim values. These are, these are religious conservatives, but for some reason, there's an attempt by the left to act like they're part of the same community. They don't get along. I, I want everybody to live peacefully. Tolerance does not mean acceptance. It means... You know, you do your thing, I'll do mine. Let's try not to infringe upon each other. But then the problem emerges where when these communities start butting up against each other and one one community says, we find it abhorrent to do this behavior. The other community says, if you repress X behavior, you are a bigot and a tyrant. Well, now you've got a potential for conflict and there's no simple solution like the law. It, it doesn't change how people feel about things. So there's no simple solution. Yeah. If, I, if either people have shared values or agree to live under an umbrella of certain values, or you will start seeing conflict. And what we have for the past 10 or 20 years, this, this push for multiculturalism, it's, it's, it's proposed as here's the American umbrella of the Constitution. Underneath it, different cultures can coexist peacefully. What it's become is the umbrella of American culture has been destroyed and accused of being monstrous. And now you have different cultures all existing at the same level and targeting each other. And that's just a recipe for disaster. It's a religion of wokeness that is destroying the fabric of society. Yeah, and so much of, uh, you know, it's often very popular for conservatives to point out that the liberals were the ones who wanted free speech back in the day, but now they're the tyrants. And it's like, well, it's actually been pretty consistent insofar as they didn't have a seat at the table because this was a moral country. And then we gave them a seat at the table and then they started promoting the worst things ever, kicking conservatives (laughs) out of the institutions. And now they're like, okay, we're happy. We don't want to give you guys free speech. So we saw what uh, happened when you grant, you know, tolerance and things like that to people who are fundamentally 
essentially like trying to destroy your whole country. And now, like, it's not enough for us to just say, okay, we'll be tolerant, you know, private individual in the privacy of your own home, because we were tolerant. And then you see when people are embodying identities that are, that are fundamentally disordered, whether it's the body positivity movement or LGBT stuff, they still feel a sense of like incongruence or guilt with what they're doing. And so then they project that to society where you have grotesquely obese people who are saying, the reason I feel bad about the way I look is because of society giving me dirty looks or people who are maybe experiencing a gender dysphoria will say, the reason I am unhappy is because of this. Uh, people like Tim Pool are being so mean to me right now, but they don't care about what you think on virtually any other issue. But the one that's most important, their whole identity, that's the one that all of a sudden they value your opinion so strongly. It's a cult. You know, funny thing happened to me today. I got a phone call from some like leftist guy yelling at me. And it was funny. So what happened was I was ordering Starbucks. I know I don't, I'm not a big fan of Starbucks, but somebody, uh, I think you wanted Starbucks. Is that what happened? The, this, these are allegations. These are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the you know, corporatist, like, woke communist. Yeah. <laughs> but not so, showing the cup on screen. It's strategic, the strategic cup placement. You know, look, I'll say it. I don't like them as a corporation, but they consistently do better. And it bothers me. That's the case. But anyway, I digress. I was ordering. And so it was a big order because it was for the office. It was for everybody. And I get a phone call. And so I'm like, the only, re I never answer my phone ever. But this time I was like, they're probably calling me saying like, yo, what are you, you're nuts. You're ordering too much. But it was actually some guy just yelling at me. And he was like, why are you saying these things? And then I actually started talking to him. And I was like, the craziest thing was, you know, I don't approach these conversations. I'll be at, this one was by accident, but I, I love a good conversation with anybody. I don't care who they are, especially someone on the left. And, I, and it very quickly, I was like, the things you think I did aren't true. The things someone told you, I said, are not what I actually said. You made a mistake. And I don't blame you for that. Here's what I actually said. And then the dude was like, okay, well, uh, uh. he still wanted to be mad at me because there's this cult element to it. Mm -hmm. But I was like, my guy, I want LGBT people to be safe and to have their clubs and to celebrate and to drink. And, and be merry. What I don't want is for child abusers to pretend that they're part of what is going on with people enjoying a drink in their own private adult lives to then use you as a shield. That's what I called out. And if anyone said otherwise, then they're not really listening to what I'm saying. And we, we shouldn't be mad at each other. We should figure out how to work together. And it was an interesting conversation. Ultimately, it ended with uh, two, two simple words that everybody knows and you have to drink if I, if I say it. Because the end result was like the dude's attitude was basically like, um, no, uh, no compromise. And then I was like, okay, well, like if this is the case, then civil war is going to happen. And we, mm -hmm. we, and then he was like, okay. And then he hung up and he was, he was like, I'll tell everyone you said that. I assume he was recording it, but I'm like, yeah, go for it, man. Like we want there to be no violence. We want people just to be like, okay, like, you know, we solve this with like a game of soccer or something. Unfortunately, if people view the world so differently, it's like, we had this golden age for so long in this country. I, I say for so long, but maybe for like 10 or 20 years where we really didn't see the, 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 the conflict that the rest of the world sees that we fail to realize how this stuff comes to fruition. I remember watching this old show. I can't remember what it was. I was very, very little. So probably something in a religious class where it was like a Christian being approached by a different religious person. It was a cartoon or something. And they said, renounce your God. And the man said, never, I won't do it. And they said, then so be it. And they like started beating him or something. And I thought that was crazy. And I was like, what? Just say yes. So that like, they don't beat you and kill you and take you from your family and then let them leave. And then you can go back to believing whatever you want. And it's only now as an adult, I realize why people actually feel the way they do about things like that and why they would never back down because ideology is strong with people who have determined 
there are good, there's good people, there's evil people, there's those that seek to harm and do and be destructive, and they will never submit to it. And I'm like, okay, now I get war. Yeah, the uh, the midterms, you know, fortification aside are really great evidence of that. Like people are very willing to accept a lower material standard of living if it means they get to think to themselves that people like us are like seething and miserable and things like that. They're willing to actually do that. And any mainstream Democrat politician can come out and say, look, I'm not a socialist. Look, I'm not a communist. And they will still be in the club. But none of them would dare say, look, I'm not in favor of all this transgender stuff. I'm not in favor of all this worship of diversity, equity and inclusion. I'm not in favor of all this mass immigration. They would get exiled for that. So in effect, that is actually what the Democrat Party, what leftism is. It is the diversity, equity, and inclusion worship. It is the transgenderism. It is all of that other stuff, the mass migration, the open borders. That is like what it is in effect, because you cannot be in that party and denounce things like that. They will kick you out for that. And so this is the problem. Like, if that is the hill that they're willing to die on, how are we supposed to reconcile that as people who more or less just want to be left alone? There's a saying that they often say, the old world is dying and the new world struggles to be born. And I'm like, I agree with that. You know, their, their, their view of it is it's a good thing that this new one world, you know, postmodern world is, is, is growing and developing. And we view that as a bad thing. It's interesting. Uh, history will tell, you know, the, it's written by the victors and we will see. I think based on what we've seen over the past couple of years, though, somebody posted a, a, there's, there's a viral tweet. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember, remember who, who posted it, but they were like, it's time to stop being blackpilled. We're winning. And they posted all of these things that happened in the past like two months that are tremendous victories for liberty, personal responsibility, meritocracy. Elon Musk is a great example. Five years after Carl Benjamin was banned, he's back. It's crazy. I'm like, Carl is uh, one of the first culture warriors in the culture war. And it's interesting if, if back when he started making content, calling out academia and intersectional feminism immediately political leaders were like, we identify what he's saying and it's a problem. It would have stopped in its tracks and we'd be in a very, very different future 10 years on. Now, what are we seeing? Five years after he's banned, he's back. Elon Musk's moves are all greatly beneficial to the causes of liberty and uh, meritocracy and a bunch of other things, mind you. It's not just those you know, core principles or core, core uh, ideologies or whatever, or whatever you want to call them. It's uh, a lot of victory happening. So I think Looking at way th the way things are going now, especially with abortion, for instance, the end result is obvious. One side is consistently saying, have kids, have kids, have kids. The other side is saying, we reserve the right not to. And I tweeted this. I tweeted, Democrats are arguing for the right not to have children or grandchildren. And it was funny because the left thought that I was saying they shouldn't have that right. I'm like, no, that's what they're, I'm like, I'm explaining this. This is what they want. Why argue against them? Why? Oh, okay. Then don't have kids. See ya. In 20 years, our kids will inherit the earth. That's just the reality. And it's not meant to be disrespectful. It's just the truth. Yeah, the, the history is actually completely on our side because any time in the 20th century, for example, that these people got a little bit too out of hand, started being really radical, being communist, there is always that sort of right-wing government that comes in and gets things more or less under control. And that's what they're afraid of. And also, we are like normal people. We are the stock of people that builds civilizations, that builds countries. These people, these wannabe leftist re uh, revolutionaries, the Antifa LARPers, these are people who are like fundamentally like in despair they can't even make eye contact with baristas when they order a coffee. These people are not going to like run the country. They're not going to run the government. Even the people running it now are far less intelligent and far less competent than the people who ushered in this sort of totalitarianism that we have now. I've been thinking that, you know, like uh, we had a, we had a um, who said this the other day that since Epstein died, everything's been falling apart. Darren Beatty. Darren Beatty said that. That's a funny point. I'm like, that is a that's a weird thing. And how about that? But I was thinking about, 
you know, I remember George H.W. Bush saying something like, we, we can now begin to see a new world yes. order. And it's a reference to the liberal economic order that was created after World War II. We've talked about ad nauseum. The CFR has it on their website. They talk all about it. They're NewsGuard certified, by the way. And that's an old system. They want a new system. And I thought about how is everything falling apart? How did Donald Trump win? And I'm like, oh, I get it. The children of these people are inept. And it's obvious. They say that wealth lasts three generations. Mm -hmm. Someone who is hardworking builds it, has kids who did not work hard, who inherit it, who have, who have children themselves, the grandkids, who have no idea how to even manage the money because they weren't taught by their grandfather. And then the money va evaporates. Yeah. The same is true for those that run the government. It's like three generations on and that ability to control the system is lost to them. Yeah, and you're seeing as things continue to decline, all of these people just emerge from the woodwork. You know, Donald Trump, we love him. Blake Masters, Carrie Lake, all of these people who previously were not known to Republicans or conservatives, they're all like rising to the occasion and they're very talented. They're great candidates. They're good on the issues. And it almost re recalls like the founding. I mean, I was talking with your driver on the way over about George Washington. They had to beg this guy to come lead the army. They had to beg him <laughs> to come be the president. He was just like a, a wealthy aristocratic farmer. They had to beg him. And now he's like one of the greatest American, probably the greatest American of all time. And you're going to see that as, thing, as things continue to decline, you're going to have Americans who still exist. I mean, there are tens of millions of us. They're going to be like, you know what? I'm a very smart guy. I've been very successful in whatever practice I've chosen to pursue, but now is my time. And they're going to get involved in politics and they are going to perform better than the people we have now. They're going to be far more popular. And I think that ultimately we will make America great again. Well, things will also play themselves out. You know, a lot of the people who are chemically castrated, whether by choice or by you know, circumstance of, of everything else around us that was instituted by the state, they're not going to be having children. The people who are going to be having children are the people who still believe in families, still believe in marriages, still hopefully believe in, in, in having a future for this country. And those are the people that are going to be the future leaders of this country. So I have hope in, in that particular aspect, but then I also see a lot of the bigger problems. And this is, again, why I'm so kind of allergic to people calling for more state intervention, because just like the state could be used for, for you you know, some people's ideas of good, it could also be used for bad. But when you have a bigger state, you have the, the possibility of that pendulum swinging back even harder. Yeah, I agree with that. In terms of the size of the state, if we're going to measure it in like dollars, which I think is a pretty fair metric, in my ideal government, you know, it would be like one tenth the size. I mean, there's so much waste, so much patronage, or, uh, patronage, rewarding friend, things like that, so much waste. So the actual size of my government, in terms of like how big it is in money, it would be significantly smaller in terms of how it's actually like affecting your day-to-day -day life also would be significantly smaller unless you're like a groomer or a communist or something like that. But you're not. You're very fine people. You'll be fine. But this actually does vindicate your point earlier too about the uh, alternative alternative school choices because leftists don't reproduce by having kids. Leftists reproduce by grooming kids. So they in, they infiltrate, whether it's like early education or then even on social media now, and they try to poison children's minds into buying into all of this ridiculousness. And these poor conservative parents, they actually believed, perhaps naively, but we understand it, that they could still send their kids to schools and they wouldn't become indoctrinated. And now you've got these poor dads having to like argue with their children about why they don't actually own their minds and why, because, you know, if it's not the parents that own the, the minds of the child, it's going to be the state, exactly. as you mentioned. This is crazy to me. We've had people come here to the studio and be like, passively, we're talking. They'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, my kids, uh, they're going to be home from college for the holiday. And I'm like, what? Do you not listen to your own commentary? Like, how <laughs> do you have kids in college? Well, they'll be it fine. It depends on the school, though. Right? I disagree. There are, there are good schools out there. I don't like. I went to them. Which like, one? Like, I know. I mean, uh, Christendom College is one of them. Name, name five. University of Suvenville. 
five. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, I, I disagree. Ave I, Maria. I think, I think they're all bad. I think, I think they're just scams. There are good Catholic schools out there. I don't know about the rest, but I, I know that there are bright spots. Fair point, I suppose. Uh, then to clarify, I'm talking about people who are saying that their kids are going to like state universities yeah. and things like that. And I'm just like kind of shocked that they would come out and be like, look what's happening to these kids. And I'm like, bro, you're putting your well, kids a lot in. of them say like, oh, my kid is influencing the, the students around them. They're yeah. the influence. They're a good, good influence on the students around them. And that's completely delusional. Didn't yeah. Jim Brewer do a, a bit about this for stand up that went viral where he was like, my daughter came back from college and was calling me like an evil white man or something like that. I, I believe that. I didn't see it. Probably. How yeah. insane. That's yep. a, yeah, imagine. Did you see the, the, the black supremacist that uh, was speaking out against her father yes. during yeah. the father's funeral? Yep. Yes. That was disgusting. That was Crazy. shocking. That. And that was terrifying to see the indoctrination where, you know, a, a child who was raised by a father that pretty much gave her everything, gave her an Ivy League education, spent millions of dollars into making sure that she got the best education, that education turned to her during the funeral, denouncing and, and calling out the father as a bigot and a horrible human being. And that's like the restructuring of values where now the dopamine that she got from that is worth more to her than loyalty to her family. Yeah. And we saw this too during the summer of love. These poor dads in like middle America were getting exposed and canceled on TikTok by their stupid daughters being like, he didn't post a black square. He's watching Fox News. He's racist. And they're just like, "What? where did I go yeah. wrong? I feel so badly for those men. Yeah. The dopamine from social media interactions that have an algorithm that prioritizes this, that incentivizes this, that I personally believe is controlled by the government, especially the DHS that has a hand in what people see and what they don't see and i think this is all being done deliberately in my own personal opinion for my own assertions john you said you feel badly for those men but it's like oh, completely they've kind of wedded their daughters to the world in a way that i, I can't i can't sympathize completely you gave them a smartphone at 12 years old yeah. you've sent them to public schools okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details and you didn't instill religious values in them or tell them that they're beautiful it's like what, what do you expect to happen? I agree with that. But I mean, imagine like how children were being raised in like the 1920s, 1930s. You know, the boomer gener generation really was the first generation to be like psyoped by television into rebelling from their parents. I mean, this whole idea of like, oh, they're a teenager, they're rebelling from their parents. That is very historically new. Yeah. That is something that was really invented in the 20th century because like you mentioned, they have an incentive to use technology to get into the minds of the youth and program them how they will. I feel bad in the sense that I really firmly believe that American men, men in the world should be able to not have to worry about if my child goes to the same school as all these other people, if they do this, I think they should still be proactive in their child's lives. But I do think it's very sad how now they have to dedicate so much time that their fathers and grandfathers would not have had to dedicate to making sure that their child doesn't end up hating them and denouncing them at their funeral. Homeschool your kids. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That, you know, uh, become good at things. Read more. Develop a skill, have a family, homeschool your kids, all of that stuff. And uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's the first thing. You know, clean up your own room before you try to change the world. But then we focus on the ballot harvesting problem. Then we focus on the, uh, uh, the neocon 
you know, and the establishment problem. And we just try to make everything gradually better. Every day you will take a single step. And before you realize it, you'll have walked a thousand miles. That's what we got to do. Now we're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a very interesting members only show coming up for you tonight. There's a bunch of stuff in the news that I want to talk about and maybe one of the most serious conversations we've had. But because it's so serious, it's going to be a website thing because we have to. And uh, I hope to see you there. And uh, support, the sh- support the channel, support the work we do at TimCast.com. And you can smash the like button, but uh, we'll, we'll read what you guys have to say now over in the uh, Super Chats. So let's, uh, let's see what we got. All right. Alexander Pockrant says, holy, the chat is schmoovin'. It certainly is. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, I had a super chat about folks of the right conflating LGB trans pedos. I don't agree. Then I saw you trending and Matt Walsh in Matt Walsh. That's right. And I saw the left doing the same thing. Don't stereotypes usually have an origin. So I was trending on Twitter. Matt Walsh was trending on Twitter more than me, mind you. But Twitter said Matt Walsh trending in Tim Pool. Like, it's a weird way to phrase it. So I tweeted, I tweeted that. We'll talk about it on the members show. It was funny. <laughs> Matt was like, I am uncomfortable with this. I thought it was funny. All right. Candy Mitch says, I got a reminder for the upcoming show today. Hey, that's cool. Glad to see it. Grofty says, censorship, buck, buck, buck. We started an ant campaign for Chicken City again. We're going to kick Chicken City mm-hmm. up in high gear. Go watch Roberto Jr., the star of the show. We feature him on the website proudly. When you become a member, there's a panel of various talent here at TimCast, and Roberto Jr. and Bocus, our cat, are on there. Let's read some more Super Chats. SR71 Industries says, shameless plug, Tim and friends, started an automotive channel talking about American car culture, history, budget builds, part reviews, America and humanity are number one forever. Very cool, man. Hmm. Good luck. Trevor Lynch said, what you said on Twitter is absolute veritas. Thanks for what you do. Yeah, I will stress this. Uh, today I was researching and doing stories. And, uh, as I started researching a particular story out of Colorado, I realized that people were avoiding the subject and I was like, we should talk about this. And it was, it's a scary thing to do. I'm getting death threats. You know, it is what it is. I don't really look for it and I don't care, but I have like people texting me. They're like, Hey, did you know that people are threatening your life? And I'm like, Oh, come on, bro. Like it's, it, what is it dandying with why? But, uh, thanks for the <laughs> shout out. And I also had, a, it's funny, like, like I mentioned, some create like some some lefty guy like calls me on the phone, all angry. But then I've also gotten messages from various people, uh, uh, independent libertarian types, anarchist types, and conservatives being like, "Hey man, keep doing your thing." As it is, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll get into great detail on the members only show where we can really get into the nitty gritty. John Curry says, "Day E is pronounced Day E." Okay. Well, there we go. Thank you. That's right. James Richard says, "Twitter should be one hundred percent free speech if proven. You're not a bot." I suppose, but depends on how you define free speech, to be honest. Right. Some people say no to doxing. Yeah. Let's grab some super chats. Donald DeVol says, Tim, do you know any of the lady skateboarders in the music video Dark Necessities by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I've not seen it. Is that new? I mean, the answer is probably a maybe, but uh, whatever. All right. What do we got here? Kid Truck says, love John Doyle. Well, there you go. The guy who, uh, who loves John Doyle. There you are. Sword and Scale says, Tim, Jenk Uger called you a pedo on his show in front of 96,000 people. See Twitter. <laughs> Please sue him for defamation immediately. That's uh, yeah, that's a maybe because it, it, it's like there's going to be anti-slap laws. 
And so it's just like, whatever, dude, let him let him spiral out of control and say nonsense. Basically, he said something like Republicans are projecting. And it's just like, my guy, I am not a Catholic. I am not a conservative, nor am I a Republican. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that independents two to one sided with Republicans this time. The funny thing is, it's like he's talking about the church and the Catholic church and all that stuff. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yes. Carry on as I agree with you on that being a problem and have never defended it. But in their minds, in the cult, if you are not in complete agreement with them, then you believe things that they, it's it's just weird. Like the guy who calls me, I'm like, I agree with you on these points. And it's like, oh. What's interesting about that too is they don't talk about it in the public schools where it happens at a far higher rate than within the Catholic Church. And even when it does, as a Catholic, when it does happen in the Catholic Church, it's not exactly a pedophilia problem in the way they want to frame it. Um, it's it's more specific than that. And I'm sure we can get into that in the- uh, Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> My attitude is just like, bro, if you've got, you know, it was funny too, because the guy on the phone was like, I've seen cheerleaders at football games. I'm like, that's a meme, my guy. Like cheerleaders wearing skimpy shorts and everything. I also don't think kids should be around, but it's very different from someone like showing off their, their junk. But again, we'll, we'll get into all this stuff. We'll get into all this stuff. All right, let's see what we got. We'll grab some more super chats. Whoa, what do we have? Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, don't we want the petrodollar too? Interesting question. Let me ask you this, uh, John. How do you feel? Do we want to maintain the petrodollar? Um, in a more immediate sense, yes, because I don't think that any sort of uh, collapse would be good for America. I think that would be ruled by like cartel warlords pretty quickly. Um, but in a more long-term sense, we're probably going to have to find some sort of alternative. I, you know, and there is almost something that does make me smile. The idea of like 40 years from now, my, my child might be, or my grandchild might be attending like some Chinese school and learning in a Chinese class <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. with an accurate history of like the last 30 years of America, like no propaganda. And that might be very good um, in, a, in the sense that the truth will prevail. So I don't know. I think it'll be like 30 years and you're going to have like a, a child as a young man you know, chopping wood in the backyard, chiseled, fit, eating protein, mostly raising animals, and then telling stories to his young son. Like, you know, they used to just lay around all day and complain about stuff. Our sons are going to be best friends on the compound. You'll see. <laughs> they you will mean, tell. You mean in the gulag. Yeah, they'll tell the, the tale of this great debate. They'll be breaking rocks. This Remember when like, our dads were arguing about statism? This is like Lincoln. <laughs> and then Luke's kid's going to be like, my dad was right. Ha <laughs> 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 Jake Willis says, we have better companies than brick countries. Whether it is computers, apparel, tools, we can survive without petrodollar. I think so, too. I think we're resilient. I think if the petrodollar did fall, this country would immediately start rapidly developing internal economics. So mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about it. I say the night is always darkest before the dawn. But the worst case scenario for us is that we're going to roll up our sleeves and get to work and we'll have a, we'll have a good go of it. I don't think like we're just going to all die or anything like that. Well, it's going to fall eventually, just like any kind of dollar civilization system. It does yeah. naturally, and it's just going to happen. All right. Ian King says, Tim, I'm a 28 machinist, no college degree, $30 an hour. We have limited manufacturing in the U.S. I work for the largest food packaging equipment manufacturer. Crazy. Omega Rasetsu says a smart libertarian to have on is Liberty Doll. Hmm. Well, all right. I'll note that. Yeah, you know. I, I've had a lot of arguments with staunch libertarians, and uh, you got to find the smart ones. But I think the Mises Caucus guys, you notice they're relative, they're very different from the older libertarian party. They, mm-hmm. they, they took it over, they, they changed. And so they, they have more in common, I think, with America First uh, conservative types. So, but we'll see, man. Mm-hmm. We'll see how things turn out. Augusto Mimoshe says helicopter libertarianism. Whoop. Huh. Brutal. KF says, I cannot believe Luke doesn't 
Okay, I'm not reading that one. <laughs> all right, right. I'm all curious. Right. Wow. I'm nope. curious now, too. No, nope, it's gone. I scrolled past it. No. You don't want me to read it. You don't want me to read it. Let's see. Chase says, I don't know if you had John on your list before or after I suggested him, but it's been very gratifying seeing how your ideas and Luke's ideas and Mary's ideas interact with John's philosophy. I agree. I think that was, a, that was an excellent discussion. It was very interesting. Yeah. Joseph says, I'm watching a guy who thinks libertarians are bad. Real. <laughs> I was going to ask, do you think they're bad? Well, well I, I don't think they're bad. I think they're just misguided. You know, as Reagan said, the problem with our libertarian friends isn't that they're, uh, what is it, uneducated. They just know so much that isn't true or something like that. Uh, of course, <laughs> paraphrasing the, his quote on liberals. But it's fundamentally the same. Libertarianism and progressivism are, are basically the same insofar as progressives are like, wouldn't it be great if everyone was equal? Okay, yeah, who's going to disagree with that? Libertarians, wouldn't it be great if the government was smaller? It's like, okay, yeah, sure. I think it just mis, uh, misinterprets what the actual problems are. It, it, to be fair, the libertarian candidates were atrocious and horrible. Uh, but but if you think libertarians are bad, wait wait until you find out about what statists are doing and, and what uh, they've been doing throughout history. And what is Aleppo? Exactly. Do you remember that one? <laughs> oh, Gary that Johnson. one was horrible. Yeah, I don't know. Like when I'm looking at like, you know... I'm not looking at them as statists. I'm looking at them as like communists, you know, like George W. Bush was a statist. He's a neocon. Ronald Reagan, pretty good president, arguably a statist. I mean, mm. if you're like on the mm. political. Well, call, why, do you, why do you think Reagan was a good president? Um, I mean, I think, well, I do actually think he was worse than a lot of conservatives want to give him credit for. I do think it was good that he did try to actually wage a significant war on like affirmative action, sort of the post-civil rights consensus in America. Mm -hmm. I think that was good. I think he was also good uh, for, you know, the president's job as a cheerleader, but I don't think he was as good as a lot of... No fault divorce. Yeah, the NFA, control. yeah. Um, he banned America's guns. an idea. I'm not the Goodness. biggest Reagan fan, but... Yeah, um, that, that second term. Really I think uh, if you're going to look at like the traditional political compass, which I know a lot of people take issue with, if you're leaning more towards the blue than the purple, I guess you're technically like a status, but that doesn't mean you're mm. all the way at the top like a totalitarian. So I think that there is a very important difference between totalitarianism and authoritarianism. And I think the reason that the media psyops people into thinking they're one and the same is because they know that the only legitimate challenge to leftist authoritarianism is a competent right wing government. Do you want a monarchy? Oh, man. I, I think competent government <laughs> is, is an oxymoron, though. I, uh, I don't know. Monarchy, no. I, I, yeah, no. I think it's entirely who's, you know, staffing it. Like what's, you, what's, what's the form of government where you have a person who exercises control, but it can't be passed down? It, it, it's, it's, it's a Excessive monarchy? No, that is literally passed there, down. There's, there's no real simple answer to the, the problem. Like, the idea of monarchy, I think people romanticize because the, the idea that you could have a philosopher king who has a, a vision and can run, run the country properly with a long-term goal and improve everything for everybody, I understand. But then who's to, who's to say their kid has those values? Yeah. You know, a lot, of these, a lot of these powerful individuals have dumb kids, and those kids do dumb things. So, like, a king has a son. The son is like, I'm in charge now. We're going to burn all our steel down to make you know, weapons or something, and then they can't farm. There was a very real effort from the kings and from the aristocracy to breed children who felt that same obligation and care for their people, which now is totally different because now the elites, because we have this free and fair democratic system, they feel no obligation to look after the lower classes of people. And in fact, they actually view them to be less educated and like basically they're off put by them, which I think is bad. And also with monarchy, it's at least easier to know who's in control 
There's no accountability in our democracy because nobody actually knows who's in charge. We can dunk on Brandon as much as we want. Nobody actually thinks he's pulling the strings. And so it's like, who's in charge? It's this total mm. shadow government where there's no accountability possible unless you can just vote for the right people. Then there's accountability. I guess they're all on the same team. The uniparty's real. They fortify elections. Like there is no real solution. I think I think Biden's running the show. You do? I absolutely don't. It's the shadow See, government. So you look at what's going on uh, politically, and it's like whoever's in charge is running around like a chicken with their head cut off, right? So the economy's in shambles. They can't get their narratives straight. The pull out of Afghanistan was ridiculous. Everything's in chaos. They're dumping oil from the, from the petroleum reserve. And I'm like, it doesn't seem like anyone's in control, right? So it, it like, I genuinely believe that it's a bunch of powerful elites sitting around too inept because they've inherited a system they can't control and they're shrugging. So to, to, to put it simply, Biden is not in control because he's out of his out of his mind and there's no one else with a cohesive vision of what's going on. So they're all just sitting there shrugging and Kamala Harris goes out and just speaks like an like an auto text generator. What yeah. better way to blame your malice on incompetence, right? I think that's exactly what they're doing. What right do you now. mean? Uh, like it's, 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 governments routinely blame their malice on incompetence. It's true. Yeah, but I mean, I guess the argument then is, do you think, okay, fine, you know, fair point. You know it, that because they never apologize. Yeah, exactly. you know, with the open border, if they were like, oh man, we really messed this up, they would apologize, but they don't. And that's how you know it is malice. And then it's also because all the staffers are like these, you know, 105 IQ kids who drank their way through like George Washington University. And now they're like, I'm going to run the country. And it's like, okay. All right. Illuminati confirmed says America has turned itself into a multinational state and empire. You cannot have a cohesive society and a multinational empire. Yeah, I think there's some nuance to that that needs to be broken down. But on the surface, I get what you're saying. You 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 sort of can, but it's with an iron fist and it's it's unstable. The USSR, I think, shows us that. Yeah, it just it gets too big. If you've ever played Civilization, yeah, you, get it. you know, yeah. like you know, you're, you, the further away from your capital the cities are, the more corrupt they are, and things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is. You got to send enforcers, and then who's going to enforce them? And it's just, eh. you can't do it, man. Let's grab a super chat. Arthemisia says, yo, Tim, I did a video here on YouTube over why you are trending today. If I don't get banned for it, people can find out easily here. Wish me luck. Good luck. Um, the reason why I'm trending is multifaceted, and it's not just about a single tweet. It's actually about a handful of them and a video I did. And boy, are they losing their minds. Yeah, seriously. they've lost it. Um, but I think it's because, you know, it's because I'm calling I'm, 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 I'm calling them out. I think they want two things. I think the far left wants violence, and I've been calling repeatedly for there to be none because it's ineffective and it's bad for us, mm -hmm. and they want narrative control. So they can't have someone coming out saying, like, here's what they did, and there shouldn't be violence. They need, like, so, so I explain this to people. The reason false flag attacks exist is because being the victim grants you political power. Yeah. So what we need is to understand the, the rules, how they're being manipulated, ballot harvesting, where it's and it's legal in, in most places to a certain degree even in arizona it's legal you just got to be a, a certified caregiver we need to compete on those grounds and then fix the system before everything falls apart and we need to make sure that stupid people uh don't go crazy and we need to make sure we stop people from being violent outright yeah. they don't like that but we'll get into it there's a lot we'll show you all the examples okay more super chats red muskrat says the problem with dissolving the federal government is the secret programs change my mind yeah, you know what I think too? We sit here having these debates and we don't know what's we don't know about a lot of the top secret and classified stuff that's going on. So it's 
it's almost like people standing outside a building arguing about how we should, you know, fix the plumbing in the building that we've never seen. Yeah, I mean, we have a general understanding of where the plumbing comes from. We have a general understanding of the type of plumbing, but inside, who knows what they're stuffing down that drain? Mm-hmm. It's probably it's a lot true. worse than we even know. Yep. Yep. It's like, it's like Lu- Lucille Ball when she was doing the, uh, the, the, what was it? The, the chocolates or whatever. And the, the thing goes out of control and she's shoving them in our face outside. They're like, we want to make sure we're running the machine like this and we shouldn't have these problems inside. It's chaos. Yep. Yeah. Epstein yeah, no, Island. Yeah. That's just scratching the surface. We only know 1% of what actually was going on there. So yeah. imagine what's really happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be funny if like, there's actually just, it's, it's, it's so far beyond Epstein. He's like the mailroom guy. And the, and the, whatever was happening was a hundredfold worse. That's probably more likely than not, actually. Right. Yeah. Considering <laughs> absolutely. Like how they allowed that whole story to be covered in the first place. Like that, that's almost weird in a way. If it were really something that was going to indict them, they probably would have suppressed it more. I wouldn't be surprised if Epstein was a front, a shield for someone to store value, to take a, a patsy, as it were. I mean, you think about how, how corporations work, right? A company, uh, this is what they do in the entertainment industry. Every movie is its own corporation. None of the investors actually want any of that movie liability on them. Then the movie ends up making billions of dollars, but the company itself reports a massive loss, writing off its taxes because it has to disperse the profits in a certain way or whatever. You don't think that these powerful elites that were gaming, whatever, you know, the system and and were working with Epstein didn't plan for this. So it's like you hear Epstein, he's probably the mailroom guy. He was like, was he like a high school teacher or something? Something like that. And all of a sudden, he started getting involved in finance. A high school teacher tied into, um, what's what's his name? The father of, the the head of the, what was it? I can't believe it. I'm having a brain fart here. Uh, the Dalt uh, University, which was a prestigious university, whose father was run by, I can't believe I'm, I'm blanking here. All right. Well, anyway, um, my point is. The main guy investigating him under Trump, uh, who was looking Bill into Barr. him. Bill Barr. Yeah. Bill Barr's father Gave him, gave Epstein his start at the, at the adult So school. they go to this guy who is like a high school teacher or whatever, and they say, we want to remove all liability from us. You will live a comfortable life and you will be our front and our shield. And he says, whatever you say, boss, I'm just a nobody. And then, you know, they, they use him to get away with everything they did. So ultimately when he comes to his end and Maxwell is arrested, that's where the camera is pointed. Yeah. And then meanwhile, the powerful individuals who amass the wealth, who control it, they're probably hiding off somewhere. And, and what's so funny about that is, like you said, everyone wants to pounce on the, oh, bad guy, you know, secret pedophile club. The more interesting story is that this guy was literally commissioned by uh, other countries' intelligence agencies to collect this information on powerful people in the West. And so that's a very interesting rabbit hole to go down and figure out who are these people? Why are they doing this? What? Who is on the client list? Why did we never find that out? Yeah. What do we got here? Frederick von Steen says, Luke, you need to advocate against democracy and voting because to vote in an election, you lend legitimacy and power to the state. If you advocate for voting, then you advocate for using state power. Doesn't Michael Malice argue that? He uh, says, my, I'm not sure what Malice says you can't, you can't vote away my rights. My rights aren't up for a vote and things like that. I, I do believe that local elections and local community efforts do actually matter. And I do believe the larger kind of elections are these kind of staged Fisher Price uh, playsets that that people are convinced are actually real when they're they're kind of scams. It's also interesting because, I mean, you can say that you can't vote away my rights; they're my rights. Well, you know, people do it all the time. Like, what do you mean you can't? You can. And our understanding of rights in this country comes from God-given rights. And libertarians, from my experience at least, are largely atheists, and they largely don't care about you know what our God, you know, Christian God would say. Right? Well, I should say God. I don't know about the Mises guys. Um, and then 
it's interesting too because the things that they want to classify as their rights, things like abortion, things like same-sex marriage, those are things that the God who gave you those rights would clearly be completely opposed to in the first place. I'm being nitpicky here, but you can't vote away someone's rights. You can vote to infringe them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, but that's just semantics. Not to make a semantic argument. Okay, Ian, Ian. wasn't here, so you know I had to you know, do something. Pick up the slack. All right. I Kefka says, Tim, does communism work on a small scale or does it only work because when one voice dissents, they exile or imprison them? Does it work on a small scale in our nation because voices of dissent can freely leave? Uh, I suppose what I mean to say is, well, well, yes, you're hitting the nail on the head. If you have like 50 people and they're like, we're going to form a commune, they are, there's a very small community of people who are very like-minded, most likely who agreed to come together in the first place. If you impose communism on a country, you've got millions of people who are like, I don't agree to this. And then what do you do with those people? Well, the Soviet Union figured it out. Yeah, bad things happen. What do we have here? Sevi Rose says, John Doyle, you will never win over libertarians and anarchists as long as you think anyone outside the RD binary is too stoned to respect for their views. <laughs> you sound too stoned to comprehend what I was saying. I'm not trying oh, to do that. Now. You know, it's like, oh, you're never going to win me over, man. It's like, okay, well, you guys are an insignificant proportion of the population, frankly. You have like 50 million white people who didn't vote in 2020. You can appeal to those people by focusing on issues that we win with independence, things like immigration, things like being tough on crime, which mm. also win over a significant proportion of non-white voters, more so than like what Trump tried to do, frankly, which is pandering to them with things like, oh, we're going to be softer on crime. We're going to let convicted uh, criminals out of prison, things like that, trying to pander to what people like Jared Kushner tell him is good policy. So we don't need the libertarian vote. We're going to make America great again with or without you, and you'll be better off for it. Some people would argue that the libertarian anarchist vote is the vote of the people who are not you know, into the pol political system. And if you look at the people, especially in That's this last point. midterm election, it's the people who are watching, not participating, that are the biggest anarchists, I would argue. You know, because mm. only 100 million people, around 100 million people voted in the midterm elections. Mm -hmm. You know, majority yeah. of people didn't. So that's the base you want to go after if you want to win. I think it is because they have watched our political system fail to stop people from doing bad things. And so they're just like, what, what do I get? What yeah. has the Republican Party given to me for my years of loyalty to them? Like, I'm, I'm done with it. it yeah, hasn't given me exactly. A lot of people lost faith in the political system, making them kind of quasi anarchists. Yeah. I don't think that's because they're mad that the political system was like being too intrusive in their day to day lives. I think it's because they're just like, oh, this is just like completely failing to actually wield power to stop enemies from like. Yeah, I don't want to vote for the lesser of two evils. I don't want evil. I'm not voting. I don't want to be a part of this. That's that's a lot of people in America. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him, says Ben Franklin said only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have uh, they have more need of masters. This is why you can't just give someone freedom. They need responsibility first. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That, that responsibility should come from, you know, either either God or family and uh, from personal decisions. It's tough. You know, there's no simple answer. Um, you need a well-informed, uh, philosophically and morally educated population. And I think there are a lot of people that want to strip all of that understanding away from the population to make them docile and easier to control. That's what they get. All right. Steve Graves Radio says, hello, fellow dissenters of the establishment narrative. I need your help battling the YouTube suppression. Need more exposure at the radio show. Thanks, Steve Graves Radio. Thanks for the super chat, Steve Graves. That was a big one. We appreciate it. And, uh, and shout out to Steve Graves. Yeah, thanks, man. What do we have? Oh, man, this is a good one. Richard Adams says, government is 40% of GDP. Oof. But that just much. means they're taking your money. 
literally. Well, modern monetary policy is them just printing and spending money. So. And then taking want. more of your money. Yeah. But that's to, to suppress, like, uh, um, it's, it's prosperity. To ta- like, the, the modern, monetary, modern monetary theory point of taxation is to control hyperinflation. They don't need to spend your dollars. They're printing them whenever they want. Mm-hmm. But they want to control the, 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 you know, the flow. So increasing and decreasing taxes is more about how much control they have over the monetary flow. All right, let's get some more here. Christian Roldan says, it's been a while, uh, a while since I've had a host that represents absolutely everything that me as an independent despises of conservatives, not so different from the left. He just wants to impose his view. Yeah, you is know, he referring I, to you. Yeah, and yeah. I, I get this a lot. Like, <laughs> you're just like the left. You want to impose your morality on me. And it's like, yeah, there is some, such thing as morality. You know, the left wants to impose upon you things that are immoral. I'm trying to impose upon you things that are moral. If you, fi- if I were king of America, this place would become a measurably better place. That's just a fact. Anyone who is sympathetic to my ideas could more or less do the same thing. When communists have total control of America, things become worse. The problem that you have experienced with conservatives isn't because of people like John Doyle talking on the internet. It's because of your leadership class failing to stop those people, which is why the bad people have been allowed to dictate what morality is in this country. So if you don't believe in morality, that's fine but the constitution wasn't written for you big guy when thomas jefferson who was probably the most liberal founding father was governor of virginia he equated sodomy which is when two men try to that was the equivalent of like rape i mean well, these no, no, people no. were very i'm sorry no, it's 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 it could be with a woman too any form of sodomy uh sodomy refers to anything other than um traditional yes okay you know uh, you know, birds my, and bees. My yeah. inclination is to think that that would disproportionately target a particular demographic. But the point is, Founding Fathers we'll talk about on the would have been interesting concept. very socially <laughs> conservative. <laughs> they would have been uh, definitely more on my side if they saw that the, the way things were going. You now, got so. Mary's vote. Uh, but, but my response, in short, no kings, no slaves. All right. Where, where were we at? Uh, um, Carlo Magno TV says fundamentalism was the best government in civilization, too. That's correct. You got a powerful unit called the fundamentalist. You had li- almost no corruption. People tithed to the government. So taxation was through the roof. Uh, you, you've played Civilization? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing game. I think it should be mandatory in schools. Well, I think people should homeschool their kids. But I think you should have your kids play this game. Not only does it teach history. There's a, the, the latest version has, has powerful quotes throughout history. As you're building cities, you build wonders. And so when I was little, and I'm playing Civ 2, I learned all about the stuff, the Manhattan Project, the pyramids, the Hanging Gardens, Chichen Itza, mm-hmm. all these things. Because I'm playing this game trying to, like, you know, build my civilization or whatever. But, uh, man, do you really understand corruption and, like, taxes? And I'm like, why are my people protesting? My cities are in disarray. What's happening? And then I'm like, fundamentalist government. Yeah. Everyone becomes religious, and then it all stops. There's no corruption. There's no, there's no protests. I would sooner trust like some autistic teenager who has like a thousand hours on Steam with like Civ 5 to run the country. <laughs> then I would like someone with like a master's in public yeah. policy Agreed. degree. Totally. Agreed. I'm with you. I want a cat or a dog to be in charge. Like in Alaska. <laughs> there you go, man. There's a bunch of towns that do that. All right, my friends, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button right now? Share the show with your friends and become a member at TimCast.com because we're going to have a very powerful, important conversation in the members only show where we talk about uh, uh, the, the, what's been going on in this country and where we're at with escalation, why I was trending and, you know, death threats and things like that. So again, smash that like button. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Uh, John, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, uh, you can find my channel over at YouTube.com slash John Doyle. Also, if you wouldn't mind going on Twitter, adding Elon saying, hey, bring back Comrade Doyle, C-O-M-R-A-D-E-D-O-Y, <laughs> capital I-E, 
poor branding, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm trying to get back on Twitter. We're trying to make America great again. Comrade Doyle, huh? Interesting. Yeah, a little, a little. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, at Comrade Doyle. Yeah, people are going to be, see, he's actually a communist statist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter, both at Mary Archived, and you can also watch Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. We go live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific time, and talk about celebrities, movies, TV shows, all the culture stuff. And uh, if you super chat, you can shoot money at us. That's pretty fun. Uh, so go find me over there. Comrade Doyle, that was great. That was awesome. It was a really fun conversation. Yeah. I, I appreciated it. And uh, it, it was really fun. So thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your thoughts and perspectives. Uh, my website is thebestpoliticalshirts.com, promo code Luke for here till Black Friday. There's also lukeuncensored.com. I made a very interesting video about Ice Cube losing $9 million with the control of an industry. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, that video is available, lukeuncensored.com, my own platform where I get to say and do what I want because you guys support me. That's why I'm here. Thank you again so much for having me. Splurge. And I am at Surge.com. There's plenty of fakers out there. I don't understand. Never gets confused for some reason. I'm at Surge.com. <laughs> Simple as. I will also just add, I think there's an extremely, it is probably very likely that we're not going to be uh, doing the show tomorrow. And it's just that uh, the holidays, well, for one, you should spend time with your family. Yeah. So a lot of people are going to be traveling tomorrow to go see family. And then Thursday, of course, is the day in which people are going to be with their families. Then there's Black Friday. The truth is, we couldn't get a guest. We did. We Elad uh, Eliyahu agreed to come on the show, and uh, we're glad to have him because he's awesome, and it would be a really great conversation. But, uh, you know, people just stop working around this time, and then what happens is the news becomes all half-assed, and then it's like, okay, I'm not going to force a show. If there's if there's interesting and powerful things that are happening, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But uh, it may be that we just, you know, we, we, we don't do a show, and y'all should spend time with your families. But that being said, we will have a very important show coming up right now at TimCast.com, so thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all there. Cheers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.